0: comics, all the games, all those toys, all
1: the TV, the animation. Just give us, just give us.
2: Lights. What's up? Welcome to This Week I do. Right? I really do. It's great. I remember it like it was yesterday. Oh, man. It was not. Nope. It was not. You're <laughs> listening to This Week in Marvel, the official Marvel podcast of all news, new releases, and beer commercials. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Marvel's Agent M, joined by Ben Morse, a.k.a. Marvel's Ben Morse. That was a beer commercial, right? Yeah. It yeah. was a Budweiser commercial. Okay.
3: So, Budweiser Frogs. Think. No, it was the was it, three was dudes it? on the couches. Oh, that's was right. it Doritos? No, it was beer. It was definitely Budweiser.
1: Hmm.
2: Wow.
3: I somehow connected it to the frogs.
2: Oh, oh right. Have the yeah. frogs. At some I remember point the frogs. Yeah. yeah. So they would do Bud. Wise, great, Burr. right. I didn't watch any of the Super Bowl this year, so hopefully they brought them all back. Yep, for they're all back. Repeat performances, they're all back and better than hey, ever. Hey, so if you're actually listening to this for Marvel stuff, we're gonna mm. we're gonna lay it on you thick we'll and it. strong. We'll do it. So much to talk it's the about. the Only way we lay it down. Yes, thick, strong. We've got party. <laughs>
3: Uh, We've got a lot of comics. So many comics.
2: Um, What else we've got? We've
3: got news. We've got news. I'm going to have a news panel in here later. I'm convening with uh, Nick Lowe. Mm -hmm. Nick Lowe
2: is uh, vice president of some sort in publishing now. We'll we'll get to the bottom of it. Right. In news. Yep. Uh, Devin Lewis. Who is an editor of some sort in the comics. Chris Delando. Who is a PR representative yes. of some sort? And Joe Terra 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 also a PR representative of some sort. I will say one thing: mm. I was not invited to be part of this panel, no. and I'm offended.
3: I thought that you have enough to do. I actually you have enough did. meetings on your plate. One hundred percent. I thought, you know what? If I can take the news section off of Ryan's plate and allow him to have a little free time, maybe grab some lunch. Yeah. Then I can do that. So yeah. I am not. I apologize for nothing.
2: Well, I appreciate it. You're welcome. That's fine. That's fine. I appreciate it. It's good. It's good. It works. It works.
3: Uh, We also have the second part this week of our chat
2: with Nick Spencer and Tom Brevoire. Apologies if uh, Nick's audio is off at certain points of it. Uh, We did have him hang up, call us back, where we had much better quality from him. Um, but you know, he's using those burner phones. He's living he's on, on the run the, on the run. He's not, what's he hiding
3: from? That's what I want to know. That's maybe I'll get to that in news. Yeah. What is Nick Spencer hiding
2: from dun, dun, dun. the truth?
3: Yes. Um, we've got that. We've got strummy and Christine, hopefully with a games person. Cause I told them several times this week to get a games person on their part of the podcast. So you listeners report back to me and let me know if they obeyed or. It's the opposite of obeyed, disobeyed. Disobeyed, <laughs> <laughs> obeyed, or disobeyed their direct orders, but that should be good. And then they've got some good old X Men legacy in the Twim URC department.
2: Yes, and then we'll we'll have our Twim URC that they will announce at yes, the end of the show. I, I
3: gave I gave it to them; they should have it. Which was a solid choice. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. Uh, yeah,
2: we got a lot to get to. Yeah, just a reminder: this episode is brought to you by loot crate. loot crate, the Marvel Gear and Goods Crate. It's the last day to order it. Just about order that Loot Crate, and we'll get a little bit more into that later on in the show. Later on in the show, yes. But right up front, we got to get to some comics. We got to get to some comics. We got so to comics that just. Demand
3: our attention. Totally. You wanna, you wanna kick us off?
2: Yes, I will kick us off with uh, the first of my three picks, which is amazing Spider-Man number twenty-four. This is a clone conspiracy epilogue. Mm-hmm. More or less. Um, I don't think it. Yeah, it doesn't actually say epilogue it or anything. It says tie in. Yeah, it says tie in. But it really is yeah, kind of like. Yeah, conspiracy's over, guys. It's Dan Slot, Let it go, man. It's the prelude to the proper epilogue because mm-hmm. Omega, right. I guess, Omega would be is the, the proper, epilogue. the full epilogue. But this is like the half epilogue. Yes, the half a Yeah. <laughs> Yes, my favorite. That's all I, got. That's all I got. My favorite kind of creature. I was,
3: I was I was gonna come up with something else, but half a log. You can't beat that. Yep.
2: Uh, so this uh, issue is called Night of the Jackals. It's a story written by Dan Slott. Great and, title. Yes, Dan Slott and Christos Gage, art by Giuseppe Comancoli, inks by Cam Smith, colors by Jason Keith. Uh, is this the last? Giuseppe Camicoli is, issue. This is
3: the final issue for the for Giuseppe Camicoli's long run on uh, Amazing Spider-Man for next. the foreseeable future. For he could always come future.
2: back. Well, I know what he's doing next. Right. We know what he's doing. You next. You know what he's but, doing next. Mm, you probably told me, and I've probably I'll, forgotten. I'll tell you again at the break. Um, but it's a, it's kind of exciting. But it's it, like like all artists who have those classic runs, mm-hmm. you think you know at some point they'll come back. They'll do a fill in. Do sure. a cool like thing would be like, yeah. Splash page. Yeah, but we love Giuseppe.
3: Love Giuseppe Camicoli. One of the most consistent artists and not just at Marvel, but in comics. Yeah. Uh, just very, very good. Very reliable. Just great stuff from him.
2: Yes. Uh, and with the team of Cam Smith and Jason Keith, just been rock solid. Oh, good. Yeah. So this being the half a log, uh, we get to see some bits and pieces from the end of Conspiracy. Mm-hmm. So obviously, make sure you read Amazing Spider-Man, Clone Conspiracy, Dead Number No five, More. Five, I think yes. it was a five-issue, five-issue tour de force. Yeah, we get to see bits and pieces of the Doc-OFF, uh, Ben Riley fight. Oh man, what a fight too! Yeah, um, but like a big piece in here with a revelation about the Jackal, the mm. classic Jackal. Jackals. What was his name? Uh, Miles Warren. Not Wilford Brimley. No, no not wilford brimley. are we sure it's not wilford brimley? wilford
3: brimley could have played him okay wilford brimley's no longer with us right no,
2: probably not. rest
3: in power brother
2: yes uh but we get a big revelation about wilford brimley in here we get uh <laughs> lots of i mean miles warren is it
3: about diabetes <laughs> diabetes diabetes uh
2: we get a uh the the cool fight between doc ock and ben riley um and we get to see that like the end of what we saw in Clone Conspiracy is not the end of the story for a lot of these characters. No. Ben Riley in particular is nefarious mm-hmm. here. He is like, I ain't going out like that. I've got plans, I've got things to do. You can't stop me. I
3: like some of the explanation that Slot gives here that kind of, because he's not acting like Ben Riley as Ben Riley once upon a time. He's really pulling into the whole what if you found out your entire life was a lie? Would you be such a nice guy? thing that I think makes Ben Riley a compelling villain because he's not totally a villain. And I think some of his motivations are very heroic, but I don't know. Dan just did some, I don't know. I want to hear your thoughts on it. I thought Dan did some good work here laying down why he's not acting like cool old blonde haired Ben Riley from the clone saga.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's what you talked about, but mm-hmm. it's also like on top of that, he died a hero. Mm. He, he was, de- that was it. His story was done, but he got brought back he's back alive again and i think that twisted him up right and like that part of it is him coming back and and finding you know what like he's got more to do and he's been messed with yeah and like you know it's hard to even say like oh i could never see anyone going down that path because that path is is treacherous sure it's it's a tough one he has to go through it um Gorgeous issue as always. Big fight with uh, Ben Riley and a character I don't want to reveal because it's a cool bit of moment in here that plays out throughout the issue, which sure. I actually was not expecting it to go down the way it went. Yeah, no, me um, and I was like, oh man, that's intense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this definitely leads us to the upcoming. Uh, ben Riley. I was going
3: to say, we are publishing a Scarlet Spider book in the near future. Mm-hmm. It does st- star Ben Riley. That's something we have put out there and yep. said. Uh, this is pretty much required reading if you want to read Scarlet Spider, I would say.
2: That's cool.
3: Um, certainly you can pick up Scarlet Spider on your own and try to piece it together. But why would you do that when you have this great comic available to you totally. that we have selected as one of our best of the week?
2: Yeah. We also get another uh, angle on the Doc Ock line, the Melt With Me, yeah. which I still love. It's just- melt With Me.
3: Uh. Okay, my first pick of the week. you got to disattach yourself from these comics, son. Yeah, I know. You're just you're sticking all over the place. It's weird. It's very weird. You've developed the most bizarre mutant power of all time. I know. Ugh, okay. So head over to my first pick of the week, and that's Champions1.mu, number written by Jeremy Whiteley, the writer of Unstoppable Wasp, art by Rose Stein and Tim Brandt, colors by Frank D'Amata, letters by Clayton Cowell. Uh, so we've got this whole situation where rocks on oil – is trying to they're trying to basically bulldoze a forest so they can build up uh, their own rock-son-y type things. You know, who knows a, a what a pipeline? Pipeline. They're, they're,
2: they're built. They're essentially it's like fracking and pipelining yeah. and all stuff pulled from reality. Yeah, real stuff. Fracking. Do you, you know fracking? I know about
3: fracking. Okay, okay, I saw sure. I saw that Matt Damon movie. I don't where, know what that. Oh, is. there's this great Matt Damon movie <laughs> where he's part of he's <laughs> trying he's part of the crew that goes to the small towns and tries to convince them uh, to let them frack. <laughs> and the old people are just not having it. The young people are not having it. And Frances McDormand's in it. It's great. She's great. Yeah, she's like, she's wonderful. Matt Damon's wonderful. I hope she wins you over. Yeah, she won me over, okay, totally. Uh, anyways, that's what Roxxon's trying to do. They've hired this team called The Freelancers, consisting of Crush, Hotness, Might, Panic, and Cursed Cast, which just... Once you dig into these new characters, like when I open a book and I see a bunch of new characters, sometimes I'm just like, oh man, new characters. Why do we need more new characters? Just, just give me my old favorites. Yeah. There's, give me the wizard yeah. and,
2: and beetle. <laughs> give me, and
3: give me shocker. Give me Ruby Thursday, me Ruby Thursday you know, give
2: actually me... I, w- I really want, I would love to see any of these, okay. those characters. I'm okay with that.
3: But, um, when you come up with new characters, you know, make them interesting. And Jeremy Whiteley does that. He gives these guys really cool powers. Um, Panic uses her powers. First of all, she has a very different appearance than most normal characters. They all look very different than normal characters. They're not just like kind of body types cast out of, uh, central casting. Um, but panic's got a cool way of using her powers that she uses on a reporter. Uh, the champions show up and this is such a champion story. It's, you know, this is the type of stuff they said they were going to deal with. Yeah. It's not necessarily a supervillain. It is Roxxon, which is kind of a corporate supervillain doing something nasty, and they want to not necessarily show up and protest, but they want to make sure the protesters are protected and they want to get the information because, as far as they're concerned, these freelancers, these superpowered people, they kind of they, they shuffle the deck in the wrong direction because they make it so that roxxon has got superpowered people on their side, and that's not fun. Really, just cool interactions between different members of the champions and different members of the freelancers. If, um, for whatever reason, Mark Wade is not able to continue writing champions, I nominate Jeremy Whiteley to take over because he gets their voices so well from just kind of like he nails miss marvel uh, he's does a great job with nova who just nova is such a goof in this yeah like this this no, now that, now that real nova rich rider is back real nova real nova rich Ooh, rider is back that is a hot it's actually pick. it's actually given me even more of an appreciation for sam alexander because just i'm still shook rich rider is the real nova He's he's the one true Nova. He was the first character to have the name. Shook. He has tenure. um, Whatever. And I didn't see John Wick 2 yet either. Uh, Shook. (laughs) So anyways, uh, Whiteley nails the things. Uh, Cursed Cass has a great power. Uh, just very inventive with the powers. Spider-Man Miles Morales is great. Cyclops kind of shows off again why he should be the leader of the champions. Jeremy's
2: Viv is awesome. Yeah, she, Viv is great. She gets some really fun stuff um,
3: from Yeah, Hulk, great stuff. They're, they all get great stuff. And it's just a great, fun fight issue where you just see different members of the champions going against different members of the freelancers. But then, after I had thought I was getting to the end of the issue, because I'm like, man, I've read a lot of action here. There's a lot going on here. There's a lot of dialogue. There's a lot of fun. Um... In the middle of it all, one of the leviathons from Monsters Unleashed shows up. So now you've got this giant lava beast attacking.
2: Well, I think and we probably had the same experience. I forgot I was reading uh, Monsters I did. Un- yes, Unleashed. exactly.
3: I thought I was just reading an issue of Champions. Yes. Because and this it, didn't feel the like a time. Way,
2: the best possible compliment. You, you're yeah. reading. It feels like the most natural way to cross over into Absolutely. this great event. It Absolutely. Was so good.
3: Yeah, I really did feel like I was just reading Champions Adventure and I was like, oh man, I guess they're going to kind of go all the way with this and maybe they'll have a monster show up on the last page and I do something like that. I legit forgot about
2: the monsters and then when they came in, I was double happy.
3: Yeah, and then the monsters show up and they bring a whole new dynamic because now you got the champions teaming up with the freelancers so they're working together. Uh, great thing with Might and Hulk um, where Hulk tosses Might and she's not too happy about it. Um, cool, double uses of powers, very creative, very cool. Um, and then a second monster shows up. There's a great Miss Marvel fight yeah. where Miss Marvel just gets to rock it and just be awesome. Um, and then the way Miss Marvel's life gets saved. And I was like, when she was getting bit by this lizard dude, I was feeling it, man. I was like, I do not want to get bit by a giant alligator type thing. Mm-mm. That would be uncomfortable.
2: Well, she calls it a Gorn. Oh, which yeah. Is a, a Please, enlighten me. Definite reference to. Well, it's, it's a Star Trek thing. Oh, yeah. I am not a Star Trekker. You're not a Trekkie? Or Trekkie or trekkie. whatever it is. I know the Gorn. But, yeah, the Gorn, you know. They look like this guy. Yes. They look like this guy. And it was guy. great. She made a, a couple of references, yeah. which... Was hundred percent perfect because that's who she, she's like this, you know, geeky pop culture kid.
3: Yeah, and I like that basically she puts the hurt on this big monster in her giant form, but then all of her teammates pitch in something uh, except for Viv. Viv does nothing. Well, then Viv does something because <laughs> she, does she something saves huge. the day. So she does something big, and then I like that um, as is kind of the champions thing. They don't get a clear cut win. Something happens to alter them from just being like, all right, we won the day. Everything's good. Everything's back to normal. And I like that because the champions, much like the new warriors that we discussed uh, with Fabian Nicieza, I feel like they're a young team looking to change the world. It's going to come bits and pieces at a time. You're not going to be able to win everything all the time. And I thought that was very realistic and very uh, it makes it stand out.
2: Yes. I And I I gotta just double down on the freelancers. I friggin' loved them. I thought they were great. great. I'd love to see them show up again. I really, really hope we see more of them. Yeah. Like absolutely. I wanna see them on lunch boxes i want to see them on t-shirts yep. i want to see the freelancers breakfast cereal yeah. i want to see them on the movies i want yeah. to see them in the game i, I like how them.
3: movies and games came so far after lunch boxes and cereals oh yeah yeah priorities 100 priorities yeah, totally yeah. priorities yeah. but great stuff uh yeah i i i'll be honest when i picked it up i was like oh it's a monsters Unleashed time and it'll be nice fun little story but i probably won't say much about it definitely one of my picks of the week i loved it
2: yeah All right, Uh, the second pick of the week is Mosaic, number five. Mosaic. Mosaic, number five. This book's been coming on hot. Hell yeah. Written by Jeffrey Thorne, art by Kari Randolph and Tony Silas. Do you know what
3: Jeffrey Thorne's Twitter name is? No. Game of Thorns. It's too good. It's It's too good. It's too good. Somebody take it away from him. (laughs) Uh, uh,
2: Art by Kari Randolph and Tony Silas. Colors by Emilio Lopez and Andres Mosa. Um, So this is part five. like, even here on the opening page, on the, the recap page, it calls it Episode 5. Mm-hmm. And it, it, like, Jeffrey Thorne is uh, a writer for TV and other, you know, media, and it felt really cool and like like you were watching an episode of a show. For sure. Uh, it opens up where Mosaic is inside Spider-Man still. He is taken over Spider-Man's body. He's got, you know sort of controlling them but he's also like really developing his own sense of what he can do and he's sort of seeing inside like experience his own experiences in a new way realizing like his life is kind of a lie yeah. he's been dealt a lot of crazy stuff and he didn't realize it his dad has basically sold him out mm-hmm. and he now he realizes it so he goes into the brand headquarters Brand being, you know, obviously the, the big evil bad organization
3: here. du jour, yeah, if you will.
2: They they have long for a long time. They've had basically the rights to him, his body, and it like unravels this whole story in a really cool way. I thought it was it was, it was awesome the way that um, Mosaic pops out of Spider Man, keeps him like has Spider Man do his Spider Man stuff, but also like revelations about. What happens to Mosaic's body when he's not, like in his own it's body? It's pretty gross. Yeah, it was, and it, it was something that I didn't, I hadn't given much thought to, because no. I almost thought that like he just turned completely incorporeal mm-hmm. and like his whole essence. But no, he left behind incorporeal, incorporeal, incorporeal. Yes, corporeal. corporeal. Yes, um, he, he, he. I thought his essence was uh, was his whole being and now he's got these two things which add a whole bunch of layers to it but he really gets into this moment with his dad with the people who um, he's fighting against it's just some really cool stuff and I thought it was a killer ending to this part of his story it gets me
3: even more excited to see what comes next because I know what comes next is him getting introduced to the Marvel Universe we had the tie here Spider-Man showed up right? so you had like this takes place in the Marvel Universe, but him integrating into the Inhumans yep. and all this other stuff. Now I feel like that has some, so much more weight because we know who this guy is. We care about him. He's been through stuff. We've had five issues of just him doing his thing, and now he's going to go and meet this incredible group that he's a part of. I think it's going to be great.
2: Yeah, I, I highly suggest if you haven't been reading, uh, Mosaic, catch up. Yeah, binge read. Yeah, like get those first four issues, and now that's a one, that's a, good one, five, yeah, that's a like, good
3: one to read. That's a good one to read. Five in one. Too.
2: Yeah, I really, really dug this one yeah. in particular. Right,
3: Moon Girl and Devil Diggity Dinosaur number 16. Never do that again. Written by Amy Reeder and Brandon Montclair. Uh, art by Natasha Bustos. Colors by Tamara Bonvillain. Uh, we start out in the astral plane and it's great just because Natasha Bustos draws an amazing astral plane. It's uh, Moon Girl basically colliding around, using all these mathematical equations to propel herself. Uh, Devil Dinosaur showing up as this kind of specter that's chasing her. Then she wakes up, and she's in Doctor Strange's house. And there is no guest star who has shown up yet in Moon Girl whom I have not loved seeing them play off Lunella Lafayette. She is just like the ultimate just she's not the straight man in the comedy duo. She's, I don't know what she is, but she's great. Um, she's just so condescending to everybody.
2: She's house. She is house. You're right. You're right. Just hit me. You're right. You're right. Like she's funny. She's quirky. Yeah. She's always right. Mm -hmm. She's, Smarter than everyone, and she knows it. Yeah, she's house.
3: And I love that she says to Doctor Strange, "You practice some kind of new age mumbo jumbo. You're not a real doctor." And, <laughs> and he goes, "I have an MD." And she goes, hmm, "Hardly qualifies for real doctor." <laughs> she's so annoyed. Even people being nicer. And she, uh, she, it, it gets us to see like kind of a new uh, Doctor Strange. He shrinks Devil Dinosaur, oh so he's adorable oh. and the size of a little dog. That's like so great. I would love. It, this is making me think of my dog right now because I wish I could walk my dog like Devil Dinosaur without a leash. Or no, she does have a leash. Of course she does. Yeah. It's Halloween. Uh, a couple months late, but you know, whatever. No big deal. Halloween's going on where she lives. Um, and I like that she's in her Moon Girl outfit. Two of her classmates are dressed up as Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. In like so many real... Like,
2: crap, homemade costumes. Yeah, they're
3: really budget. Well, actually, the Moon Girl one doesn't look too bad. It looks pretty similar. I mean, she's got earmuffs on, so... Lunella's
2: costume is homemade. And yeah, is Lunella's costume
3: not. isn't great, but it's just... it's. I like that Moon Girl is becoming a thing, separate from Double Dinosaur. Then, oh no, Dr. Doom shows up, but is it Dr. Doom? That's the question. Uh, he's talking like very talking like very Doctor Doom. So that usually means it's Doombot. Yeah, um, that's usually your first tip off that it's a Doombot. Also, mm-hmm. you
2: can, it's a tip off because he doesn't have the big D oh, belt buckle. There's only one of those. Yeah, he okay. didn't he didn't mass produce those. Doctor Doom only makes one big D because he's
3: the only one who can handle the yep, big D. That's true. Doctor Doom known for being able to handle the big D. Um, so, anyways, Doom shows up. Dr. Strange has been tracking Lunella, they team up, and Doc had given Lunella this potion she could give the Devil Dinosaur to make him get big again, when it was time for him to get, if he needed to get big before the spell wears off, said she takes it herself, and grows to giant-sized moon girl, so we've got giant-sized moon girl, along with Dr. Strange with an axe, and puppy-sized Devil <laughs> Dinosaur, all fighting Dr. Doom, uh... Lunella just being snarky as hell. Do
2: you ever read the manga Gone? G O N? No, no or, I know it. I know or of or it. Or play Tekken yeah. 3. Yeah, gone definitely, gone. I've definitely played Tekken. Yeah, yeah. That's what Devil Dinosaur Yeah, Yeah, It's up. just like this little, little
3: annoying thing. Um, and. Then Lunella's out in the rain, trying to get. To the, she still hasn't gotten to the bottom of this Doctor Doom thing. She's trying to track energies. She does the whole typical, you know, scientist not believing in magic, j- jazz. Uh, I don't know what I was gonna say. I don't know. It, wasn't, it wasn't gonna be that. Um, it's gonna be shebang, but that doesn't fit there either. Nope. All right. So, anyways, she's doing that, and more guest stars show up, and I am super excited for her to have more guest stars next issue. This could just be Moon Girl team up. For The rest of its run, and I would be perfectly thrilled.
2: Sure. All right. Uh, another book we've got is Thanos number four, uh, written by Jeff Lemire, art by Mike Diodato Jr., colors by Frank Martin. Um, this, so this book is called Thanos, yeah. but this issue is all about that Thane.
3: It's all about that Thane. It's all about that thing. It's all about that thing. Um, Which I, you know what I like about this is that when Thane was introduced, he was kind of a blank slate. Yep. Jonathan Hickman introduced him more as like a plot device almost in, uh, in... which one did he come Infinity. around? Infinity, um, which is fine. He's totally served his purpose, but I feel like Jonathan gave him as like a gift to the Marvel Universe for saying, hey guys, Thanos has a son, do what you will with him. And I feel like in the Black Vortex crossover, they used him a little bit, but Jeff Lemire has really staked a claim to... This is a cool idea. This is a neat character. He just needs some life breathed into him. I'm going to be breathing that life.
2: <laughs> yes. Uh, we open up like eight months in the past to tell you how Thane got to the point where he's at. Which, if you've been reading the series, has Thane basically building a crew to mm-hmm. go kill Thanos, who's already weakened, who's already in a bad place. It's already getting
3: beat up by the Imperial Guard.
2: Yeah. Which, I mean, come on. That's... Everybody gets beat up by the Imperial Guard at one point. One point or another, yeah. It's a rite of passage. But it's like Thane and Star Fox and the champion of the universe and Nebula. uh, What a team. What a
3: ragtag team. It's
2: great. Uh, But we have to figure out how Thane got there. So we open up in just this giant battle as Thane is killing people. He's getting worm-tongued like crazy yep. by Ebony By Wall. multiple
3: people. Yeah, multiple people. Thane is, like, designed to get worm-tongued. Yeah. That's, like, one
2: of his powers. Well, think about it. He was, before Thanos showed up, mm-hmm. before the Terrigen hit him, mm. he was living in that, like, city. He was unchanged by the Terrigen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he was living in this, like, remote city, um... Or village, or whatever it was, he gets changed. He has the power. He has the power of life and death. He gets thrown into a literal cosmic brouhaha.
3: Yes, as, literally, literally, a cosmic uh, brouhaha.
2: As, as Thanos and the Black Order come, he gets uplifted. Everything he knows has changed. He's got this small worldview that has been completely upended. And at this point now, it's it's not terribly long after all that is gone gone down. He mm-hmm. knows that his father is a genocidal maniac. He has these powers that are incredible, and he is now being manipulated like crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh he gets into a fight. There's this like Jeff Lemire and Mike Diodato Jr. introduce some really cool characters in here. Yeah. Um where what are and they? Diodato is just on fire. Oh, so good. Um the uh the astral coven. Yeah. These like like s- like Cosmic, cosmic Magicians. Witches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which are just su- super cool designs. They look really crazy. They're awesome. You got Ebony Maw and Corvus Glaive. And it's just super great stuff. And it ends up, okay, boom, Thane gets thrown into prison. And that's like, there's this great, like, eight, ten-page sequence of him in prison mm. dealing with his life uh, and the champion of the universe. It's just yeah. Really cool stuff as the two of them. Corvus Glaive is so
3: creepy with oh. the way Di- Diodato draws him. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's creepy regardless, but Diodato really draws a great Corvus Glaive. Yeah. Uh,
2: but, it, like, you can start to see that the problems that Thanos has, like, as we've explored in, uh, what was the Jason Aaron, uh, Simona uh, Thanos Rising. Yeah. Was it Thanos Rising? I think it was Thanos Rising. Mm, maybe. No? Rising does not seem right. It was the Jason Aaron... And, no, I know the one you're talking yeah, about. Bianchi, uh, Thanos origin story, where they, they told, like, like the history he has, mm-hmm. the death, the manifestations of that, the murder, and all this stuff, and how Thane is now, like, he is wrapped See up in a remember. lot of those similar things. Research has shown that Thanos Rising was correct. Ten points to Ben. That's what happens when you question me. That's <laughs> <laughs> to uh, my knowledge on this stuff. Uh, but... We've got just this cool story of how Thing is getting to that point. Also, shout out to Mike Diodato Jr. and mm. company for drawing amazing hair on Champion of the Universe. Oh, yeah. On top of everything else, but Champion of the Universe has got this crazy head of hair. It's awesome. I love it so much. But by the end of the issue, they're like plotting and figuring out what they're going to have to do to kill Thanos. But the last page of the book is like... The jump ahead of all that, and it's crazy.
3: Promising some great, great stuff.
2: Yeah, I, I'm I'm enjoying the hell yeah. out of this.
3: Diodato draws the interiors there, and it kind of is a nice segue because he draws the cover of Occupy Avengers number four, which is written by David Walker. Beautiful art by Carlos Pacheco doing mm. some underrated stuff here. I mean, Pacheco has nothing to prove. He can do whatever he wants yeah. he could just show up for work and he could draw sleep whirly gigs there. he could draw whirly gigs and all sorts of whirling dervishes and, yeah. and such uh but he's penciling it rafael Fonteras is inker will quintana is on colors clayton cowles is on letters uh this book as you said to me when i picked it is all about deadly nightshade oh yeah You've got Hawkeye, you've got Red Wolf, you've got now Nighthawk teaming up to deal with these uh, seemingly Nick Fury and, Fury and his Howling Commandos come back from you know wherever. Uh, we we learned very quickly that they're not what they appear to be. If you were have read a comic in the past 30 years, you probably guess what they are. Um, <laughs> if you watch Marvel's Agents, you watch Marvel's Shield, Agents of Shield, in the last you also couple of weeks yes, I'll tell you what they are. But it's just this cool kind of mission that they're doing where they're trying to help out fury and his guys uh some weapons have been getting stolen some other stuff's been going on shady deals i like hawkeye in this book where he's just kind of like every second of every day just like whoa 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 man don't get mad man just calm (laughs) down everyone's friends here nighthawk hates him red wolf barely tolerates him and deadly nightshade just keeps narrating about this book that's going to be written about her and how eventually some books can be written and the first act is going to be all the things she did wrong but how she was still great and she was queen
2: of the werewolves, which is a great line. I was like... I I want to know more about that. W- when we were when we had uh, the Nighthawk book, I yeah. remember asking you, like, who is this character? Because I didn't know anything yeah. about her.
3: She was an old, like, Power Man slash Captain America villain uh. who just it was, like, tech support. And David Walker... Just found that he enjoyed her, and he's really just running with it. Gosh, but so she great. is awesome in this issue. Uh, see, there—that's the Hawkeye face I'm talking about. They're <laughs> like, like
2: what? Confused Cause. and sort of like. It's—it's
3: huh? it's the charm of if you loved Hawkeye under Fraction and Aha, you will love Hawkeye in Occupy Avengers. Yes, it's the same spirit. Um, and Red Wolf is just like uber competent and just is able to do everything. And Nighthawk just can't stand him. But um, as Nightshade keeps repeating her story. She also just goes on this badass one woman shooting spree, takes a bunch of people out, and then. Well,
2: the best part is they're like, like all the dudes are like, "We're gonna go do yep. this stuff. We're gonna no, do, no, yeah. yeah." It's like yeah. so
3: much testosterone and macho. is like, "We're gonna do it. We're gonna get it
2: done. Come on, boys, let's rock!" And they're like, "You stay here and you, you know, like computer everything. Yeah. and you deal with all that do stuff, the tech stuff." And she's like, "I'm done with this. I've been done with this. I'm bored. Yeah. Oh, look, those fools need some help." Let me go fix this, too. It
3: sets you up so that by the end of the issue, you are so wanting Deadly Nightshade to join the Occupy Avengers team and be a regular part of this book. And guess what? You're lucky she is. <laughs> she decides to do it. So now we've got Hawkeye, Red Wolf, and Deadly Nightshade as the team. Uh, Nighthawk is kind of an associate. And Nick Fury, Fier-
2: Which I and- love because yeah. he's like... I he literally says I hate you to, yeah so like he's Hawk like genuinely does not like Clint right. he thinks he's an poop, and it's great also
3: Nighthawk does not like the Deadly Nightshade's leaving but she I mean he allows it he says like basically Wait. look and she says like he he saved my life he turned me around so they have a very interesting relationship there too because it's not a romantic thing it's just a totally platonic appreciation no she wants
2: to bone red wolf
3: yeah she makes that clear yeah wants to go to the bone zone with red wolf who apparently is quite a specimen
2: i don't know why he wears this weird jacket that I covers love, up his mouth i it's love such a love weird ja- look i feel in my head canon, mm. he watched the matrix mm-hmm. and loves mm-hmm. that aesthetic was that morpheus uh,
3: that's all, all right. of that's them that's what i with, think like, morpheus the wears. big coats yep. and everything like that yeah true that Occupy Avengers, guys. Don't let it fly under the radar. It's yeah. a good book.
2: So good. All right.
3: Lastly, we're going to talk a little bit about Inhumans versus X-Men number 5, written by Jeff Lemire and Charles Soulman Soul. Man Soul. Uh, art by Javier Garon. Colors by David Curiel.
2: Uh, before we get into the book, though, Please. we were talking about the cover before, oh, God. It's before such, we it's, even started recording. It's a
3: cover by Linneal Francis Yu. It's dope. It's very disturbing. Yep. Uh, it gets you in the in the feeling places. Um, it's just skeletons and Medusa. Yeah, Medusa awesome. just lying amongst us, a bunch of ex-skeletons. Yep. Uh, the Forge and Storm part got me because, <laughs> I, I don't know. It just did. Uh, inside the book itself, we've got Phantom X fighting Karnak in the world. We've got – remember how at the end of last issue, Colossus was like the baddest ass of all badasses? Yeah. We have the follow-up to that here where Gorgon basically says, hey, I too am pretty badass and have a great beard. Let us fight. Yeah. And so him and Colossus have a throwdown. It's just awesome. And I like the way it goes down because yeah, that's totally. how I feel like Totally, it totally. And then uh, Havoc shows up. We haven't seen a lot of Havoc lately. No. Havoc, I can't remember I don't know if he ever got uninverted from uh Axis. He might still be a bad guy. Huh. I don't think that's been addressed. It, so interesting. I mean he's got half his face burn off here. It's definitely some scars, both physical and mental, from when he was part of Rick reminder's Uncanny Avengers. He has a confrontation with Medusa, uh And that leads to basically the fate of Black Bolt. What I like too is you've got ISO taking control of the younger inhumans like Miss Marvel and moon girl and Devil dinosaur, uh, Inferno. And they've got forge and forge is basically explaining them like, look guys, this Terrigen cloud. I know you love it. I know you love, you know, taking hits off it, but, (laughs) (laughs) but you gotta understand it's going to kill us mutants. And so ISO is basically like, all right, we got to help them. We have to find a way to help them. She's not, The young Inhumans are acting the way we wish all the Inhumans were acting so they can get along, work together with the X-Men to come up with some sort of solution. And then rather than them getting to go and find that solution a bunch of mutants show up a big fight goes down we got x-men versus young and humans we've got uh havoc and colossus having a little chill out session we've got karnak in the philippines with the rest of the inhumans i love medusa's hair in this yeah i love how javier garon draws her hair um and just craziness and craziness and fights and magneto and uh magneto making a big play that could totally screw everything up but this is the this is the penultimate installment yeah and as we see from the next issue it's going
2: to be all about emma frost yeah and yeah i like the the like place that young cyclops is Mm. being pushed into in this and like where he's going to fit into the story, where I imagine he'll fit into the story. Yes. It's pretty cool. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. All right, so let's get some quick hits on the rest
3: of the books out this week.
2: Yeah, Black Panther, number 11, uh, written by tanahasi Coates, layout by Chris Sprouse, finishes by Goran, Suzuka, Walden Wong, Carl Story, and Roberto Poggi, colored by Laura Martin with Matt Mila, Larry Molinar, Rochelle Rosenberg, and Paul Mounts. Um, this is kind of the big I wouldn't call it the final wrap up, but this is like that battle scene, uh, the big final battle that has been brewing throughout the last, you know, 10, 10 months of this book. Yep. Black Panther and his forces, they are they are trying to hold the line and protect Wakanda from the insurgents from within. So it's it's a big battle, some really awesome moments for both Black Panther and Shuri uh, and Chiang Maiar and everyone yep. it, like it's Tetsu. Dope. It, yeah.
3: Uh, It's awesome. All these great characters, great names. Captain America, Steve Rogers, number 12, written by Nick Spencer, who is on the run, as we know, using his burner phone. Be safe, Uh, Nick. (laughs) Art by Javier Pina and Andres Guinaldo, Javier Pina and Scott Hanna on inks, Rochelle Rosenberg on colors. In the past, we see how Steve became Captain America in this new... Flipped out crazy Hydra timeline. In the present, we've got Maria Hill making deals with Black Ant and Taskmaster. And we've also got Hydra trying to track them down. We've got Captain America fighting the awesome android. Uh, We see Captain America during World War II. His interactions with Baron Zemo. Cool stuff going on there. Uh, Really big setup for Secret Empire, including the revelation of who is Madam Hydra. It's me. It was me, Austin. Spoiler. It was me all along. Oh, man. Time out. Not you don't really time out. Sorry. Oh. Um, did you see the XFL documentary? Not yet. You need to see the Thirty for Thirty. it is so good. <laughs> oh my god, it was incredible. I'm, my wife watched it with me, and she agreed. She was like, she, she was like, she knew nothing about the XFL, so she was like, "This really happened. This was all real. Like this was going on." And she and she was so excited because she's from Las Vegas, and they had a Las Vegas team, and she knew nothing about it wow because she was living in Connecticut okay. by the time they had a Las Vegas team but if they she had known anyways
2: time in back to the comics but uh, 30 for 30 this was the I, I got, got to watch it, yeah. very very good shout great. out to our friends at ESPN for making yeah. those uh, alright on to Electra number one written by Matt Owens art mm. by uh, the font here is a little hard to read Juan Cabal colors mm-hmm. by Antonio Fabela and Marco uh, Minis and I gotta say I this was re- very nearly one of my picks yeah me too Uh, Very nearly. Who did the lettering? Uh, Who do we blame for the spawn? (laughs) Corey Petit. Uh, I think it's just Corey Petit. It's more just the way it's uh, the color on the background. Who did the coloring? (laughs) Stop it. All right, fine. Um, But this the the art here by Juan Cabal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Juan Cabal. Very reminiscent of Jamie McKelvey yes. on, um, you know, all the, all the work that he's done. And I friggin' loved it. The art was great. There's definitely some some of Juan's own flourishes in, he, in here. Um, I think this is the first book I've read by uh by the writer matt owens Matt Owens is a tv writer for us
3: okay uh i forget which one he works on he's tight with strami okay
2: so so probably Shield. Shield.
3: yeah i think he's done some agents of, i think he's done agents of shield but he's also done some netflix stuff okay cool. he's actually bounced back and forth oh okay um i, I forgive myself for not knowing that's fair um <laughs> yeah we'll find out we'll try <laughs> yeah.
2: we should try to have strami do something with him on the show yeah for sure let's definitely look into that uh but this is just awesome it's it's Electra in Vegas. Uh, there's a character who's been. Yeah, having- I was just talking about Vegas. Perfect transition. Yeah, there's a character. The villain in this issue is Mm. someone who showed up twice last week. I mean, a renaissance. A renaissance. It's a terrific issue. I really suggest you check this out. Yeah, I think the lecture is going to be something special. It's gorgeous, and it's a a really fun issue. Okay. Deadpool, The Duck, number four.
3: Written by Stuart Moore. Pictures by Jacopo Camagni. Colors by Israel Silva. Letters by Joe Sabino. Howard the Duck finally says enough and takes over his body. Takes it back from... Uh, Deadpool, this villain who they've been fighting, uh, Basalt shows back up, and um, we get uh, learn about she has a surprising tie to the Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. who they're working with. Uh, Rocket Raccoon finally gets out of his rabid thing, and this is a great splash page by mm-hmm. Jacobo Camagni of uh, Rocket Raccoon just getting out of like this chamber and yelling, I have no idea what's going on. That. It's pretty great stuff. Um, and then... There's a mystery villain who's pulling the strings on this whole thing. Uh, once you see oh my his outline, he is not a mystery villain at
2: all. So it can good. only be
3: one. And it's Howard the Duck's arch nemesis, Dr. Bong. Yeah. Who's going to be wreaking havoc in the next issue.
2: Yes. Uh, on to Inhumans versus – is it – yeah. Nope. Your turn. No. Nope. We, we're just going We're all just going back and forth. forth. All just right. back and forth. Extraordinary X-Men, number 19, written by Jeff Lemire, art by Eric Koda, Maury Hollowell, mm-hmm. and Andrew Crossley. This is – Eric Coda can draw. Hell yeah. I get to that, but this is an Inhumans versus X-Men tie-in. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also connects really in a really great way to the previous Extraordinary X-Men story that was about Sapna and all the like magic, the, all the magic stuff that was going on, but right in the midst of, of the IVX battle that's going on. Uh, but Sapna shows back up in a really crazy way. But yes, Eric Coda has wild art mm, in here. Really, yes. really cool. Very interesting style um, to showcase like A different dimension that this takes place in yeah it's really cool stuff all right disney kingdom's enchanted tiki room wraps up with issue number five written
3: by john adams art by horatio dominguez colors by soda color and letters by joe caramagna we get the big finish for everyone for the birds for the old lady and her dog for the rich family who needs to learn lessons about money to this random irish girl who shows up and tries to Birdnap, one of the birds. Um, we get a nice little story behind T- her. And by the end of the by the end of the issue, everyone has learned a lesson. Everyone has come back to make the enchanted tiki room what it is. It's back open, so more people can enjoy and get tiki tikiized in the tiki 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 room. Mm-hmm. No, uh, no new announcement of the next Disney Kingdom series. So. Yet. We'll have to wait and see on that one.
2: Yeah. All right, on to Great Lakes Avengers, number five, uh, written by Zach Gorman, art by Will Robson, colors by Tamara Bonvalain. And um, so the team is in a little bit of a, a flux right now. They have been smacked down. They can't do any of their heroing. Smackdown. Uh, good boy. Uh, she gets taken off the team by her brother because uh, they need to get to a safer spot. Uh, Bertha has a big moment. She meets a... A doctor who looks like Dr. Wily yeah. or Dr. Light. I can't remember which one. Dr. Wily. Dr. like Dr. Wily. Dr. Wily yeah. from the Mega Man series of video games. Dr. Light's a little pudgier and doesn't have glasses and... How are it you, looks more how Santa do you Claus-y. know that when I'm the video game guy? I love Mega Man.
3: Okay. I love, I, the only person who loves Mega Man more than me is Chris Delando, who I'm sure has a Mega Man tattoo because he has tattoos of all his other stupid pop culture obsessions. <laughs> um,
2: he'll be on the show later. I'll yep. ask him
3: about it. Yeah, we should.
2: Uh, but, yeah, it's a fun issue. Uh, another one of Great Lakes Avengers. Ghost
3: Rider, number four, written by Felipe Smith, who also does the fantastic cover, which is everyone just punching and slashing and kicking Ghost Rider and no one having any luck with it. He's also the writer of the book. Art by Danilo Esperuth. Colors by Jesus Abertov with Federico Blee. Letters by Joe Caramagna. Uh, there's really two stories going on here. There's the Ghost Rider story where he's kind of Robbie Reyes' button-up against this ex-con who's now working at the same auto body shop as him and him and Eli kind of arguing over whether or not they should do something about this guy. Then you've got Hulk, Silk, and Wolverine trying to take down this monster that absorbs powers. They've now called in Coulson and May from the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because they need some non-powered backup because they don't want this guy to get any more powers. Uh, the two stories cross paths at one point where they they need their car fixed and they get Robbie to repair their car. But really, you're getting two stories for the sake of one here. It's like, it's like the old Marvel 2-in-1. Good old Marvel 2. Except not like the Marvel 2-in-1 at at all. all. Um, But I I think next issue based on this look at this great homage cover he does to Art Adams.
2: Yeah, the pretty stuff from uh uh it's Felipe Smith again. Yeah, yeah, but this is like the um the New Fantastic, New Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four. Yeah, 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 I got I geeked out so hard for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, pretty I was cool. Like, oh, look at that Yeah, I got very excited. I don't get ex- that excited about seeing the cover for next issue usually, I but I did there. It made me so happy. Yeah. All right, on to infamous Iron Man number five, written by Brian In- Michael Bendis. Infamous. Art by Alex Maleev, <laughs> Colors by Matt Hollingsworth. Um look I'll be honest with you. I freaking love this book. Mm-hmm. I love Dr. Doom trying to be a good dude, like having to deal with all the things that rightfully so keep getting in his way mostly because people do not trust him. Uh, but he is dealing with his mom in here. And, you know, Dude's he mom. went to... He literally went to a hell for his mom yeah. to try to save her soul. We covered that in Twimmy RC not too long ago. Yeah. Uh, there's all that kind of stuff. There's great stuff with Thing and Maria Hill. Um, but... The end of the book is what got me. Like, there was a moment I was like, what? (sighs) Shut it down. Shut it all down.
3: Hulk number three, written by Mariko Tamaki, art by Nico Leone, colors by Matt Mila, letters by Corey Petit. It's part three of Deconstructed. Jen Walters is still trying to get her life back together. I think the headline of this book is that Hellcat pays a visit. Great guest appearance. Uh, they used to be buds, and Hellcat Patsy Walker wants to know why She-Hulk is ignoring her, why she's not being She-Hulk anymore. i got to say, three issues in, and she still has not transformed into She-Hulk. I love it. And I think I that's great. I love it. I think the restraint uh, that Mariko Tamaki is showing is tremendous. Well, because the, it's the horror of it all, yep. right? It's
2: the, the menace and, like... When that, she finally does it, oh it's going to be
3: such a huge moment. Yes. Um, and like, you know, when we see why she does it and whether she's in control or not. Uh, meanwhile, the, her client who she's taken on, who, uh, the person who was harassing her was mysteriously just bludgeoned to death. Uh, she gets a little more backstory on her and some of the detectives investigating meet a grisly end. And there's much more than meets the eye going on there, but man, just a great,
2: great book. I love that book. It yeah, so was really, really close pick for me. Um, Next up is Prowler number five, a clone conspiracy tie-in written by Sean Ryan, art by Javier Salteris, Jamal Campbell. Um, and this is, it, it It really fits into that last issue of Clone Conspiracy mm. again, telling everything from Prowler's point of view, um, seeing, we also get Gene DeWolf, yeah, which is great, like DeWolf. awesome hero Gene DeWolf stuff here with Prowler. Um, you've got you get Shirtless Kane. Oh, even with all them scars, you're just still like, yeah, good. let me rub them abs, bro. Yeah. Um, it's great. We've got uh, all this stuff. Electro being such a dick. She is mm. the worst. Very uh, mean. What? She's very mean. Yes, That's what she saying. is. And uh, But really, this is a heartbreaker of an issue. Yeah, like, for sure. The last couple of pages, you're like, dang. And it's stuff we already
3: knew, I know. but it's still told really, really as well. Much. Mighty Captain Marvel, number two, written by Margaret Stoll, art by Ramon Rosanis. Um, I will have to find the credits page so I can do the rest of that, but let's talk about the book. She's out in space. She's trying to protect this kid. She doesn't know what's going on. Her powers are out of control. Uh, Halfway through, they let us know that Michael Garland did colors and Joe Caramagna did letters. Okay, back to the book. She's teaming with Alpha Flight. She's got the crew of her TV series up on the space station, which she Hates. That won't end well. Yeah, that's I mean, you can tell. Well. I, I don't see them coming out of it well. Like I said, Carol's powers are... Out of control. She doesn't know why. Um, There's a shapeshifter among them. The revelation of which one of them is the shapeshifter is great. It's tremendous. Uh, They do some cool stuff with Sasquatch, with Agent Brand, with Puck. Uh, Margaret's really creating a nice little supporting cast. So this is almost like a team book with a clear star. And that's Captain Marvel, who's trying to figure out what the heck is going on with her. And uh, we'll see next issue.
2: Yeah. Scarlet Witch, number 15, uh, written by James Robinson, art by Vanessa Del Rey. Jordy Belair, this is it. This is the last this is issue. The last issue uh, of Scarlet Witch. It goes out with a bang. bang. Scarlet Witch goes. She she's been called in to help out with a kid who's possessed. Their parent The kid's parents have tried a whole bunch of other things. Nothing worked. They need Scarlet Witch, and Scarlet Witch. You know, gets right to it. Figures out what's going on. Figures out there's much more. To this situation than just a demonic entity, and it ties back around to things that we saw earlier in the book. And it's uh, we get a little bit of Agatha Harkness, and we get you know Scarlet Witch. We get just the right amount of Agatha Harkness. Yeah, yeah. and we get where uh, where Wanda wants to go from here. Yeah, Rocky Raccoon number three, written by Matt Rosenberg. I saw him today. He was oh, having yeah? he was going to have lunch with Ricky Perdon oh, So he nice. and I talked about uh, life. Guardians of the Galaxy? We've, we've, interra- we've inter- interacted
3: online, but I've never actually met him. What? So, no, I hear he's a swell guy. And he's a great writer.
2: Yeah. I hope
3: to meet him someday. Nah. It's like a dream. Uh, but he wrote this. Jorge Coelho drew it. Antonio Fabella colored it. Jeff Eccleberry did the letters on it. That's a great name, Jeff Eccleberry. Yes. Love it. Uh, my, one of my favorite Spider-Man villains, I've said it time and time again, is Kraven the Hunter. Kraven the Hunter shows up and he proceeds to, what else would he do, hunt Rocket Raccoon for the next however many pages of this book. Uh, Jorge Coelho does this great, just like dirty art. So it's just like nasty stuff happening to Craven. And it's really like this, this snowball of action that just picks up as it's going downhill,
2: escalating to them getting vehicles. Um, one of the things I think this, what I think, uh, what I love was that the Craven in here mm-hmm. combines the Craven from Unbeatable Squirrel Girl yes. with classic Craven Agreed. in a way that is the. Perfect. Mix. Agreed. Agreed. He is he is that over-enthusiastic, kind of goofy
3: craven from Squirrel Girl, but he definitely has a little bit more of the mean streak of the guy who, you know buried Spider-Man alive yeah, and, once and upon a time. ate
2: spiders and drank, yeah. you know, poison berry juice.
3: Uh, there's some great stuff going on with Craven and the cops and Rocket Raccoon and the cops and Rocket does eventually, oh, I love when Craven yells out, all I do is win. Uh, there's <laughs> so why. many, there's
2: great craven lines and there's yeah. also way, some ways that Craven is described in this. It was fantastic.
3: He says, somebody says to Craven, who are you talking to, buddy? He goes, I am monologuing. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, and that's the same page he says the all I do is win. Oh, it's so great. Uh, Rocket takes his shirt off. We get a little Rocket beefcake action. Hell yeah. then um, Rocket's on a boat that looks like it's going to crash. It's just, oh, no, it's
2: just a fun book. So good. Yeah. A lot, a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a close one for me as well. Um, on to Spider-Gwen number 17, Sitting in the Tree part four. Written by Jason Latour, art by Robbie Rodriguez. Jason Rachel Latour, Renzi. our video editor? Yeah. No. No. Jason Latour, <laughs> the comic book writer and artist. Not Jason latour Right. Okay, uh, I got but it. This is uh, Miles and Gwen, Dimension Hoppin', Fightin' Silk, the S-I-L-K, those yeah. big baddies, super agents, um, all kinds of you know wacky stuff, some... Close calls in the uh, smooching area, Uh, and then Ms. Marvel shows up, and it's just- Oh, so so good. So good. So
3: good. The Uh, three of them together
2: is the best combination ever. Keep them together, please. It was terrific. It was really, really fun. Um, It was
3: unexpected, too. I was not expecting Ms.
2: Marvel to show up, and when she did, it was just great. Yeah, so they're in different dimensions, but there's also the references of not only them, but other characters- Transversing dimensions and little things that they drop in here mm-hmm. like makes it feel Jason, like a bigger uh, world. So good. It's really good. Yeah. Uh,
3: solo number five, written by Jerry Duggan and Jeffrey Thorne. Art by Paco Diaz, colors by Israel Salva, letters by Travis Lanham. This brings the saga of solo to a conclusion as he has to outjuke a bunch of aliens. And arms dealers using his image inducer, using his teleporter, using all the other staples of '90s technology uh, that everyone had back in the '90s. Does he succeed? Does he not? He's got his uh, love interest and kid waiting for him at home. So hopefully Solo makes it out
2: alive. But I'm not gonna tell you. Yeah, you gotta
3: read the book, man. Yeah, it's the last issue.
2: Uh, all right, Spider Woman number sixteen. I don't know how I didn't pick this. Mm. I love this book so much. Very and this issue. Book. Was the thing that I needed in my mm-hmm. life. Uh, written by Dennis Hopeless, art by Veronica Fish and Rochelle Rosenberg. Uh, it's got uh, Jessica on a motorcycle riding through flames to save porcupine. Who colored this? Uh, Rochelle Rosenberg. Looks r- oh, the flames are great. It's so great. Uh, fighting uh, the hobgoblin, fighting a bunch of, you know, jerk-ass super <laughs> uh, I I don't want to give anything away. It is very satisfying if you've been reading Spider-Woman this whole time, which you should have been because it's a damn great comic book. Mm-hmm. Uh, character shows up in here in a great way. I love this book. I love Perfectly this series based. so much. Um, Spider-Man
3: Deadpool, number 14, written by Joe Kelly, art by Ed McGuinness. We've got... Inks by Mark Morales, colors by Jason Keith. This is kind of a sad issue because you basically got uh, Deadpool. They're they're hunting down Itzy Bitsy, it who's a combination of Spider-Man and Deadpool. Uh, she has killed many, so Spider-Man's at the end of his rope, and he's just like, "We gotta, we gotta end this. We gotta end this the only way." And Deadpool's all like, "No, I will not let you kill your Spider-Man. You're better than that. You're better than me." So he brings in Nightcrawler to, first of all, train Spider-Man how to fight a little better, because, you know, Nightcrawler can fight really well, but also to kind of talk Spider-Man down from the ledge as far as the whole killing thing. And it gets pretty intense. Um, And we learn... Who patient zero is, and it's someone from Deadpool. I was past. not expecting that one. I was not expecting that it's one great. either. It was a good one. Uh, Deadpool's still handsome in this. So there's a lot of balls in the air. A lot of interesting stuff going on, and we're not going to find out what happens
2: for like three months because we're going to a Deadpool crossover next month. Dang it! Sorry. Yeah. All right. Uh, we've got Uncanny Avengers number twenty, written by Jerry Duggan, art by Pepe Larraz, colored by Dono Sanchez Almara, with a, photo bunk- a proto bunker. <laughs> Um, and so this is more of the Uncanny Avengers trying to fight Red Skull. And I say Ugh. trying to fight well, because it's, it's basically
3: Deadpool and Spider Man and Wong trying to fight Red Skull. Yes,
2: the Uncanny Avengers are done for. Which Deadpool, Spider Man, and Wong is a is I is something I like it's and I want team. more of. Uh, but they definitely have a hard time. They've got to fight essentially possessed members of the Avengers because Mm -hmm. Red Skull is using Professor X's brain to make them do terrible things. And Deadpool gets like very close to completely saving the world and it all goes sideways. There's this one splash page and we've said it many, many times but Pepe Larraz is the tastiest. He's these the ones. goods, man. So
3: He's good. He's the goods. All right, finally, going out of order, we've got Thunderbolts number 10, which is the oversized 20th anniversary special. It means we get a great cover with all the Thunderbolts ever on the front. And then we get a special bonus tale called Like Lightning, a prologue from Kurt Busick and Mark Bagley, the original creators of the Thunderbolts. Scott Hanna does the inks. Matt Yaki does the colors. It's a team up. It's mainly a focus on Atlas battling a new group of Masters of Evil and Jolt, Fan favorite Thunderbolt.
2: I don't even know Jolt.
3: Jolt's great. You'll love her. Where where was... She was in Thunderbolts back in the day. What happened to her? Uh, She lives on Counter-Earth, because they went over to Counter-Earth, like Counter-Earth from Heroes Reborn, and Counter-Earth didn't have any heroes because they all left and so she stayed there and formed a group called the Young Allies. I'll tell you all about it later. Meanwhile, in the Thunderbolts proper, written by Jim Zub, art by John Mallon, colors still by Matt Yaki, and letters by Joe Sabino, we've got the Thunderbolts being sieged by the same masters of evil uh it's thunderbolts under siege yeah it's thunderbolt it is thunderbolts under siege it's it's, it's It's cool um they actually have a way to deal with kobik and the thing is even though they're beating the crap out of winter soldier zemo's saying like look the rest of you guys you've worked for me before i'm happy to have you come and work for me again so zemo's basically trying to recruit these guys um and then kobik shows up at the very end and does something to try to save bucky's life which I did not expect it at all. And it's just nope. crazy. Yeah. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. So that's the books for this week, guys. We did it. Also on sale in collections, we've got All New X-Men Inevitable Volume 3, Hell Hath So Much Fury, Daredevil Volume 3, Dark Art, Daredevil Epic Collection, Brother Take My Hand, Deadpool Back in Black, Doctor Strange Volume 3, Blood and Aether, Electra by Peter Milligan, Larry Hama, and Mike Diodato
2: Jr., The Complete Collection, Punisher and Bullseye Deadliest Hits, Wolverine versus Deadpool. Yeah, all our digital comics that we talk all our comics are on the digital app this week, as well as Slapstick Infinite Comic number five, uh, plus some classics such as Electro 1 through 19 from the 1996 series, which is what is collected, Magneto Rex mm. from 1999, issues mm-hmm. 1 through 3, uh, Marvel Apes 1 through 4. And New Mutants 1 through 13 from the 2003 series. Was that that the Warren Ellis time? That was not counter? No,
3: that was the uh, one that Craig and Chris eventually took over. It's like the one that came before. Oh, oh, that was so good. It was really good. It was really good. I forget the name of the the couple who wrote it, but they were excellent. Yeah. Uh, It's a really good series. Yep. introduces like Elixir. Yeah, 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 yeah. Prodigy. Yeah. Thunderbutt and all those. Yeah, all classic
2: Thunderbutt. Uh, some really
3: good Thunderbutt stuff in there. Uh, Digital Collections on Sale, All-New X-Men Inevitable, Volume 3, Hell, It Has So Much Fury, Daredevil Epic Collection, Brother, Take My Hand, Daredevil Back in Black, Volume 3, Dark Art, Deadpool Back in Black, Everyone's Back in Black, Doctor Strange, Volume 3, Blood in the Ether Electra by Peter Milligan, Larry Hama, and Nike DiDado Jr., The Complete Collection, Punisher and Bullseye, Deadliest Hits, Wolverine vs. Deadpool, Black Widow, Homecoming, Dark Reign, The Hood, Dr. Voodoo, Avenger of the Supernatural, and Fantastic Four Masterworks, Volumes 6 and 7.
2: Yes, plus on Marvel Unlimited this week, we've got All New Inhumans number 10, All New Wolverine number 10, Black Widow number 6. All New Wolverine number 11. What did I say, 10? Yeah. Whatever. (laughs) <laughs> you can have 10 10 is already on Ten's there. There. Three, there 10 is already there read both of them and 11 black widow number six captain america sam wilson number 10 civil war 2 amazing Spider Man number three civil war 2 choosing size number four civil war 2 god of gods of war number three civil war 2 ulysses infinite comic number four and civil war 2 x-men number three deadpool too soon question mark infinite mm-hmm. comic number four the fallen number one Gwenpool number five, Mighty Thor number ten, Mockingbird number six, Power Man and Iron Fist number seven, Spider Woman number ten, Star Wars Poe Dameron number five, Strike Force Moratori four through thirteen. How do we only have one through three on that? I don't know. How could
3: how could we have one through three on there, and the crowds of people not be beating down the doors of the Marvel offices demanding more moratorium? Y'all need to read Strike Force Strike Moratorium. It's great. That might be a future Twin RC. We didn't do it already. Did we already do it? I, I know I read it. it. I've read it. I thought it too. I just read it for fun. I,
2: I don't think we did it we gotta look we gotta look at the the big list alright anyway Ultimates number 10 Uncanny Avengers number 10 Vision 1 through 4 from 1994 Classic War Machine uh, 1 through 10 from 1994 and Web Warriors number 10 and that's it for you my friend I'm out you are done
3: done go take a vacation nope no, more more work, more, to work. Do. more work to do. Yeah, who knows? We've been in here for about an hour. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see how many emails piled up. All right, well, thank you for your contributions and we will see you next week. I am going to be Wait, back? What? I don't know that I'll be back. I'm only oh, in the no, office again. Monday next week. I feel like we do this every time. Yeah, yeah, okay.
2: And then I'm not back in until I think the following Friday. Okay, I think we can make this work. Okay.
3: I think I think I All can right. read everything I need to read by Monday. You can read everything you need to read by Monday. I I just need to read three comics. Just read three comics. Get it done. All right, guys. uh, On the other side of this, I've got news. Then we've got our interview with Tom Brevoort and Nick Spencer. Then we've got TWIM URC with the West Coast crew. And hopefully some video game news as well. Stay tuned.
4: Stay tuned for more This Week in Marvel. Right after this important
2: announcement from our sponsor. This episode of This Week in Marvel is sponsored by Marvel Gear and Goods Crate by Loot Crate. It is the ultimate subscription box for Marvel fans with items you can't get anywhere else. I don't. Ben, did you get the crate that had um, the beaker, the Ant-Man beaker? No. So there's. Uh, it's not. I, I shouldn't call it a beaker. It's a measuring glass. Oh, very cool. And it has uh, all your different measurements. But then it has Ant-Man to Giant-Man mm. is the different, like, like measuring points. Pop-a-like. Yeah. It's great. That's the kind of stuff you get in Luke crate, crate, Gear and Goods Crate. Uh, so you can live your Marvel lifestyle for just thirty nine ninety nine a month for a value of over $80. The next theme is Weapon X featuring Wolverine and <sighs> nice. all-new Wolverine. This crate delivers you a go-bag. Like, you know, hey. Gotta go. I Gotta Gotta get out of here. You gotta pack your go bag, and it's Mm -hmm. gonna be Wolverine-themed. It's pretty cool. It looks really stylish. We showcased it on an episode of Thwip, the big Marvel show. So you could check that out. But uh, you get the go bag and other gear that will set you up in heroic fashion for any adventure that comes your way. Oh, that sounded good. Now, you have until 9 p.m. on March 15th to subscribe. So actually, a little bit more time than I thought. Okay. We're good, but... Type, whatever do it it's ticking down y'all. yeah you like know sands of an hourglass you have until 9 p.m on march 15th to subscribe so head to loot crate.com slash marvel gear and use promo code marvel pod m-a-r-v-e-l-p-o-d to save three dollars on your subscription today now if you listeners have subscribed through our podcast tweet me let me know i want to know maybe yeah i'd like to know maybe i got a little something special for you maybe I I got nothing. You never know. Tweet me. I want to know. Super creepy. Yep. I've got Loot Crate socks that just came today. I got Loot Crates here and there. But my gear and goods crate, uh, they're great. They're awesome. And I think you guys will dig them. So definitely subscribe. Lootcrate.com slash Marvel gear with promo code MARVELPOD. Save $3. Get yourself some goodness.
0: Now, from Marvel Headquarters, it's This Week in Marvel News!
3: We're back and we're ready for news, and I am here with the newsmaker himself, Marvel PR's Chris Delando. Chris, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me. So we had a bunch of news break in the world of comics this past week uh, due to Comics Pro.
0: Which do you want to explain quickly what that is? Yeah, so Comics Pro is a is a summit, a yearly summit for retailers, mm-hmm. and uh, we sort of go out there to you know hawk our wares and, mm-hmm. and talk a little bit about some of the cool stuff we have coming up, and uh, we just happen to have a bunch of cool stuff ready to mm-hmm. unveil, and and it seemed to go pretty well, and and uh, a lot of news and a lot of cool stuff coming at you guys in the spring that cool. we're going to talk about.
3: Let's talk a little bit about it. Let's talk about the I Am Groot ongoing series. Yeah. Yeah, okay, so cool.
0: uh, it's a new series uh, coming in May, and uh, as many of you may know, we are launching a new series, all new Guardians of the Galaxy, from Jerry Dugan and Aaron Cooter, mm-hmm. which will hit in May. Um, and one of the one of the really interesting conceits of of the new book is when you get to issue one. Groot is tiny yeah, um, and, baby Groot. Uh, li- and you don't know why okay. and so Jerry and Aaron are going to sort of be unfurling that mystery as the series goes but for the meantime we're stuck with us, uh, 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 not stuck I should yeah, say stuck, stuck it's fun. that's fun, everyone harsh, likes man. tiny Groot come on, um, but, but Groot, little Groot's not credit. growing, he's okay. not He's not growing and, and uh, it's it's a problem but for for the time being he's small and so in also in May we're going to be launching a new book called I Am Groot Number One and uh, it's gonna be Groot separated from the Guardian. So mm. so something happens and he he's Groot is... in a
3: flower pot the entirety of his series. He
0: is not. He's got legs. He's right, got, he's little, got legs. little stubby little stubby tree legs. That's called that's called reporting, Nick. <laughs> Take note. Really getting getting yeah. the getting get, the hard answers, asking the, the tough details. questions. Yeah. Um but but you know, he's in a smaller state now, so he he's gonna have some some trouble and he he's sort of thrown across the galaxy, separated from his friends and his family. I mean, he can only say I am Groot. So you know, so times. he can't really right. can't really communicate very well, yeah. and he's going to find himself stuck on a planet, and and he's going to have to sort of figure his way out, and that's sort of our opening story. And who is the creative team behind this madness, this, this masterpiece in yeah. the making? The, the uh, we, our writer for the book is Christopher Hastings, which yep. you may know if you're reading Gwenpool. the Unbelievable Gwenpool, which is very, one of the most good. fun books on the stands. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's going to bring a lot of really fun flavor to I am Groot. And the artist uh, is an artist by the name of Flaviano who. Mm. Uh, some eagle fans, and Iron Fist. yeah, might might have known from his Power Man and Iron Fist work earlier in the year. So it's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, there's going to be no shortage of Guardians of the Galaxy content come nice. this May. Um, there might be a movie coming out, I've heard. I know, I know. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a really good time. So, so we're all really excited about that.
3: Let's uh, let's stick with the Guardians. Let's do and it. Talk mm-hmm. about Mother Entropy, which is the latest collaboration between Mr. Jim Starlin. And Mr. Alan Davis. Did I tell you about the time Jim Starlin came to the office?
0: You did. You told me that you were paralyzed with excitement I was paralyzed with excitement.
3: Um, Celebrities come into our office all the time. I act like it's no big deal. I'm just like, you know, just another actor or whatever. Jim Starlin came in. I was dumbfounded, dumbstruck. I just could not say a word. Did you talk to him? A little bit, uh-huh. uh, yeah. I, th- I think it was the eventual. It's like you know when you're initially very silent because you're nervous, and then the words just start flowing out way too fast, yeah. and you're just like, "Oh my god, Jim Starlin! I just I love uh, I love Infinity Gauntlet. And I love
0: uh, we've all been there. and Captain Marvel and blah 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 blah. <laughs> yeah. So, but you know that that brings up a good point because who. In the pantheon of Marvel creators, is more iconic and more well known for his cosmic stories than true. Jim Starlin, the you know? master like, of the cosmic. It doesn't universe. get any it's bigger and, and more cosmic than the man who wrote the Infinity Gauntlet, you yeah, know, for and, sure. and and had a long run on on Warlock and Captain yep. Marvel. Did Silver uh, Surfer for yeah a bit. for oh god so much good stuff. Yep. So I mean, Jim has been doing a lot of really well-regarded Thanos original graphic novels from marvel mm-hmm. over the last couple of years he's taking a break from those and he's he and and alan davis another another legend mm-hmm. without question have been working on a a five issue limited series called guardians of the galaxy mother entropy um it's also going to be launching in may and there's i mean there's five wednesdays in may so mm-hmm. it's going to ship weekly and they've been nice. working they're really oh, yeah know that. yeah they're way they're way far ahead on the book and they've been working on it in secret for a long time so we're, we're looking to secret get it from out. who from from you, the adoring public, and oh, Ben okay. Morse, apparently. Uh, I didn't know. I had no idea. You knew. <laughs> I knew. I you did. knew it all. Yeah. I'm, I'm the secret keeper. That's
3: why we have you on here. Yeah. That's why you're our newsman. <laughs> I like that. I will like yeah.
0: get a little a little hat with yeah. like a like a playing card. Yeah, a little playing card yeah, in, well, it, playing card in yeah. it. Perfect. I'm
3: into so, it. so, tell me what Mother Entropy is about.
0: So it's it's a it's a little bit of a different tone than than Jim's Thanos graphic novels, but it's going to star the the Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, Drax, Gamora, Star Lord, Groot, Rocket Raccoon, mm-hmm. um, and there it's going to be a Really fun adventure, and and, oh, and I should also mention because this is one of just all and favorite characters, but you're going to have a lot of Pip the Troll. Pip the the Troll, (laughs) who doesn't love Pip the Troll? Uh, But
3: feelings on Pip the Troll? He's
0: fantastic. Thank you. Agree, disagree, good. All right. Um so the the story is going to take place on on nowhere um <laughs> the the floating celestial head city in 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 space and and uh the guardians are going to get into a little bit of a of a mess and there's a new character that Jim and Allen created called Mother Entropy I the, would hope so they the named- titular Mother Entropy yeah, yeah um and uh they're uh, you know they're gonna get into some scrapes and some scraps and and it's gonna be a lot of fun and it's gonna be very decidedly jim starlin very but cool. uh the thing that's cool is it's really it's very accessible for for fans of the comic or fans of the film mm-hmm. um i mean these characters are so iconic now I yeah mean, movie, and it's
3: crazy you know, to think the, that they were there you know yeah really when did, really is. when did you start at marvel
0: I started at Marvel in two thousand and thirteen.
3: Had Guardians come out yet? No, but All it right. was
0: it was on the horizon. I had started probably shortly after Brian uh, Brian and Steve McNiven had started their run on Brian Bendis. LSD. Yeah. So. we're on a first name basis. I know you just know, call yeah. him Brian, but some people listening might not know who you're talking to. My about. actually my interview I remember. Was the day that issue number five had come out, and wow. that was the big deal because it was that when Angela, Angela showed up yep. for the first time since Age of Ultron. Because yeah. I remember talking about that in my interview. Um, but yeah, so so that that dates my my time here yeah. a little bit. But no, the movie as, had already been announced. As and,
3: someone who's been here since I got oh seven, and you know I predated even the Guardians of the. I think I just barely predated the Guardians of the Galaxy series by Abner that was like 2008, it had, I believe. Yeah, like it launched. Well, I was here mm-hmm. and the characters were nobody at that point. Yeah. Just them having a comic was a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Now to walk around and see like all this rocket raccoon merchandise is just, it's crazy. It, it'll never, it'll never be normal for me.
0: I think, I think the first interaction I had with that sort of f- fever was, mm-hmm. do you remember New York, maybe it was New York comic-con 2013 when there was the rocket raccoon plush mm-hmm. at the marble yeah, booth for sure. and, and it was insanity. Right. And I was like, Oh, this is going to be a thing. This is yeah. going to be big. And, it's and funny, sure
3: enough, here we are. Yeah. Here
0: we are in Mother Entropy bringing it all home. <laughs> but yeah, it's going to be fun, you know. It's yeah. I mean it, it's it's going to be a nice fun book and and I mean I I could stare at Alan Davis art forever. Absolutely. I mean, going all the way back to Excalibur. So yeah. i it's going to be a lot of fun.
3: Yeah, very cool. Venom.
0: Venom. Big Venom. stuff for Venom. Uh, Venom's a right.
3: personal a personal favorite of yours. He
0: is. I mean, I I don't think you can grow up in the 90s the way that I did mm. and not love Venom. Yeah. Um I Love Venom. I love Carnage. Uh, Mm -hmm. One of my first memories is, is... One of my first entry points into comics was Maximum Carnage. which I I, I, know the, I thought
3: you were going to say like one of my first memories, like when you were born, yeah. just <laughs> Venom in the
0: womb. Yeah, man. <laughs> he's, he's just, not, he's not, it's he's all, not made yet, but it's going to be yeah, great. It's all Venom. But yeah, I, I, I know that, that that story is is looked upon. Uh, I don't want to say poorly, but, Maximum uh, Carnage. Yeah, but looked by, upon poorly by different by different age groups, I would imagine. I don't, I don't. Look, I, well, so. I love Maximum yeah, Carnage. <laughs> I'll talk yeah, about it. Come on, can we just turn this into a Maximum Carnage podcast? I'm ready to rock and roll. Come back and talk about Maximum Carnage a lot <laughs> but yeah i mean for kids of a certain age who grew up watching the spider-man cartoon you know like venom and carnage hit hit a sweet spot and mm. and so i went from the the spider-man animated series directly into the comics and and venom and carnage were sort of my entry point so mm. so i always have a, a really soft spot there cool. and and i i am sure you I mean you read all the comics for the podcast yes and, i do and, and also because you like comics but, love comics um i've really 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 been enjoying the the venom the, series, mike, costa, the mike costa yeah it's, cool stuff, it's good stuff book. um And we haven't, you know. Sandoval was
3: born to draw that. He really was. This is a
0: big hulking mess. Yeah, you know, just really sinister. What he wanted to be. Um, And and when we launched the book, we had a new, a new protagonist antagonist Mm -hmm. in Lee Price, Mm -hmm. and. it's been really fun to watch people respond to him, especially because internally we knew that Eddie Brock would be coming back yes. in the book. So it's been, it's been fun to see people either take to Lee or not take to Lee and just mm-hmm. see how that flips it on its head. But the, the intention was always to create this new character so that we would have him in the book so that when, when Eddie was brought back in, we would have another piece on the board. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and coming in May, we're hitting a nice anniversary, Venom yep. 150. Uh, it's a big deal. You know, you sure. add up all of the the ongoing series and limited series. Uh, so it's going to be a God, big anniversary he issue. remember when you just
3: had limited series after limited series yeah. after limited series. You, you,
0: and you, it's funny you mention that because yeah. one of my very first conflicts was Venom Lethal Protector. Lethal Protector yeah. with the
3: red hollow foil. Yep. Yeah, hollow foil cover. There we it's go, boy. It's
0: really great, great-looking cover. Yep. Um, but we'll okay. get back to Lethal Protector because there's okay. some fun Lethal Protector stuff in Venom 150. Okay. Um, so it's going to be an oversized anniversary issue. Um, now we have my Costa doing... His more or less his first story with Eddie Brock back mm-hmm. in the symbiote. Um, and we have Trad Moore coming on to do the entire oh, main feature of art. Look, boy. I mean, I could again, let's just make this a Trad more yeah. podcast because yeah. I could talk Ooh, about him buddy. all day too. Yeah. He was also drawn, born to draw Venom, so yeah, he's going to sure. be doing a nice big chunk, uh, a really exciting story about Eddie back in the symbiote, mm-hmm. uh, in Venom 150. And then, following that, since it's an anniversary issue, we've got a couple of past creators coming back. Cool. Um, the first of which we have uh, Robbie Thompson and Gerardo Sandoval, nice. the current artist on Venom, and also are we going to
3: find out what happened to? We are, we Flash. are. Isn't that
0: exciting? That's like, great. I I've think been that's been the it. biggest question is because yeah. Venom Space Night ended with Flash in a really good place. He had the mm-hmm. symbiote, and then we picked up the new Venom number one, and you, the symbiote's gone. It's off mm-hmm. of it's off of him, and it and it finds Lee Price. So you're going to finally find out what happened to this to Flash Thompson to make him lose the symbiote. And it's going to be from the Venom Space Night creative team. So cool. that's going to be a lot of fun. Very cool. And then last but not least, circling back to Lethal Protector, we got David Michelini and oh, Rod Lim to no. come back. Seriously? Yeah. And do a story set in between the pages of Venom uh, Lethal Protector. I did not know about this. I am very excited about It's so about exciting, this. isn't it? That's yeah, so freaking gonna cool. It's going to be a lot of fun. So it's a real celebration of all things Venom, past, present, and future. That's awesome. Um, and then speaking of uh, that legacy... We we're returning to the legacy numbering with Venom 150, but mm-hmm. beyond that, in the next month, we're going to continue that numbering. So it won't be Venom number eight, it'll be Venom number 151, 151 and very 152 cool. and so on and so forth.
3: So Venom instantly becomes one of our longest running series. Yeah, Just yeah. hits the ground yeah, running. You know it. Love it, it man. Yeah, it's going to be great. Venom, leading the way. We're really excited about it. All right, we are doing something cool with Vision, which is yeah, these okay. director's commentaries. Now, Tell me more about this.
0: I mean, what can I say about this book that has not already been said not much Chris better and more articulate. Absolutely. on than this I... po- on this very podcast we've probably talked about it more articulate than you can I'm sure you definitely have it's that college mm. education yeah you know but I uh it it's I, I just can't. It's just so good. It's yeah. one of the best books we've published. Ever. In, certainly since I've been here and, and I don't think it would be a stretch to say ever. No, it's really um, good. What Tom, what Tom King and, and Gabriel Hernandez walta and Jordi Belair mm-hmm. and Mike Del Mundo on the covers did mm-hmm. is, is nothing sort of miraculous and it's an incredible series. So if you missed it or you just want to experience it again, or you're really into the process of making comic books, uh, starting in June, we're going to be doing vision director's cuts. Mm-hmm. So, uh, vision series was 12 issues long there will be six of these Mm -hmm. each will have two issues a piece and then also some bonus content so you'll see process pages how they you know how how gabriel staged a scene how Jordy added mood to it you'll get to read tom king's original pitch Mm -hmm. uh, for the series so you can sort of see where he what his original ideas for the book were and and what became the book that you read on the stands. so it's going to be really exciting Uh, i mean there's an there's Certainly, if you've never experienced Vision before, this is a great way to do it. Uh, if you have already, there is going to be enough content for you to really sink your teeth in again. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can't recommend this book highly enough. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's, it's amazing. And we spoke to Tom King mm. about
3: these, and he was just eloquent as hell. Just uh, really... He's just so smart. He's so yeah. good at writing. He, he it's a shame that work. he retired after Vision. <laughs> yeah, that's really man. I, if, only, feel, if only, if only, only he had. He was doing more work, but unfortunately, <laughs> Tom King basically decided to go out on top. He wrote Vision, then he rode off into the sunset. Yeah, you know,
0: get out, get out while the getting's good. That's good. Yeah. No, so, maybe, maybe he'll come back to comics someday. Someday, we'll we'll, uh, we'll, we'll position him to do so. But I, I God, it's. So I'm going to read it again. I just, I remember. well, A, I remember reading his pitch before the book, mm. before Gabriel even put pencil to paper, mm-hmm. and. And thinking that this was going to be something special, but uh, in the office, when a new issue of Vision, not even when a new issue of Vision had come out, when a new issue of Vision went to the printer, Mm. everyone couldn't wait to read Mm. it and just talk about it. And just so I, I mean, do yourself a favor if you haven't checked out Vision, do it. If you're if you are really into the process of making a comic book, the Vision director's cuts are something you're not going to want to miss. But yeah, you you owe it to yourselves. Yeah,
3: for sure. Last but not least, Generations. Can't say much. What's that? What's that? I don't know what you're talking about. We had a beautiful piece of Alex Ross art. It's just um, gorgeous. I could stare at it all day. Yeah, it's great. It's depicting some of the new heroes, some of the old heroes, and we can't really say much about
0: this. Yeah, we, can, we I know we can't say much. There will be some more information in the near future, but uh, I mean, does anybody do it better than Alex Ross? Nah, I mean. Uh, well, you must be very excited because I know that you got there, to see there's him. Do, do Nova there. Yeah, do Rich yep. Rider Nova, which to you're a big Rich fan Rider of. See Rich Rider Nova, and it's really cool to see the him. The only time
3: Sam. I've seen him draw Rich Rider Nova before was in like Paradise X, where he was okay. it was some weird alternate costume. So this is the first time I've seen him do Rich in the classic costume, Just like a so, classic that was,
0: Nova so that was costume. pretty exciting. Yeah, it's 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 really really great. Who is
3: your favorite character that he drew on that piece?
0: On that piece, yes. Um, I have always loved the way that Alex does a classic Steve Rogers okay. costume. Like yeah, just to great. see the scales on the chain, on mail, the chain mail. Right. Yeah, it really, really looks great. Very cool. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else. Um, it is cool to see note to see both Nova's. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they have very sleek costume designs so to see him, uh, render those the way he does yeah. is really great. Um, yeah, but uh, as far as what it is, mm-hmm. I mean, it's gonna be your, so cool. Your guess is as good as mine. Uh-huh. Uh, no, but it, it's it's uh, seeing sort of the the old guard, mm-hmm. you know, the 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 heroes that sort of inspired this new younger generation of heroes, right? Uh, and seeing sort of what their legacy is and and right. where they come from and where they're going, right. and seeing them stand shoulder to shoulder. You know, we just came out of Civil War II. Uh, things are, things are looking bleak. The hero community is divided, Uh, but to, to see everybody sort of standing shoulder to shoulder, united together. um, I think it's going to be something that fans are really going to enjoy and something that I think fans are really going to like. Well said. I think that's all the news we got. Yeah, I think so. Chris Lando, you got any personal news
3: to share with us?
0: Um, I got a banana on my desk. Okay. calling
3: me. Let's, let's get you Um, back to that
0: banana, man. Let's see what else. Um, Put you on the spot here, yeah. I'm about to to start my second uh, watch through of Daredevil on Netflix. Very nice. It's gonna be good. Okay. Yeah, I'm meaning to go back through it. Um, probably if I if I hoof it, I could probably finish it all before Iron Fist drops. There you go. Um, that's about it. Everything's good, yeah, man. What doing. about you? I'm good. Yeah, you know, got some stuff coming up. Okay. I'm working on it. Yeah. Um, where can people find you online? Um, you guys can find me on Twitter at Delando Calrissian.
3: You should definitely bug Chris because he's got all the details. All yeah. the questions you're always asking me and Ryan, he can
0: probably actually answer them. It's funny, actually, because so people reach out to, to you or to Ryan, and then Ryan's just like, you know, he would know. Yeah, the yeah. Answer. he points them to no. me. Yeah. Exactly. But, yeah, you can you can find me at Delando Calrissian on Twitter. Great Twitter. Um, yeah. One of the best. Pretty good, actually. yeah <laughs> Well, actually, fun fact about that. um, I had to drop an S out of Calrissian because the Twitter names are not long enough. Yeah, I had no idea. Nobody's called me on that yet. Nobody's been like, you spelled it wrong. Well, now they will. Yeah, I'm sure they they will will. now. Oh, well.
3: Thank you, Chris. All right, guys, we are going to go to the second part of me and Ryan's interview with Nick Spencer and Tom Breivort about Secret Empire and then over to the West Coast. So, thanks for listening. Who are some of the, obviously Steve is a central character to this story, but who are some of the other characters who are going to get a little spotlight? I'm assuming, you know, Sam's got a story to tell, Bucky's got a story to tell, but who else is going to be stepping up?
5: Yeah, I mean, some characters that I would say to keep an eye on, uh, you know, anybody in the general Captain America orbit uh, is going to have a a, a pretty fundamental role to play. You know, uh, as you mentioned, Sam is going to have uh, a major role to play uh, you know, same for, uh, Sharon Carter. Um, uh, you know, but, but going beyond that, uh, you know, I would say, uh, Hawkeye and Black Widow, have yep. have sort of major stories. Uh, Tony Stark, uh, uh, has a, has a major role to play in the story, um, in a kind of different way than we've seen before. Uh, the a lot of our younger heroes uh, are, are going to have a spotlight. So you know, if you're if you're reading and enjoying Champions, uh, you know uh, we've mentioned you know Miles Morales, who obviously will have a a, 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 a big role to play here. Uh, so you know, but but it, it, it really does go far and wide. You know, uh, Captain Marvel, uh, Doctor Strange. Uh, you know, we uh, one of the great things about getting to write one of these is is uh, you know, you you get to pull everybody in, and so just uh, uh, you know, from an excitement standpoint, you know, you just getting to just getting to use the entirety of the Marvel universe as a thrill.
6: Yeah, there's a there's a there's a lot of characters, uh, and and uh, uh, you know, in all the various you know different branches and threads of Secret Empire, you know, a lot of them have you know pretty key compelling moments. You know, there's some big Deadpool stuff that happens. There's some big Odinson stuff that happens, um, you know, uh, pretty much uh, because it is such a, a, a wide-ranging story. You know, there's there's Guardian stuff that's 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 important. There's there's Inhuman stuff that's very important. There's X-Men stuff that's that's you know fairly huge and that's taken us, you know, a while going back and forth with uh, with the X-Men teams to figure out exactly how we're going to do all the stuff that we want to do. Um, you know, really, yeah, every every corner of the Marvel universe will be represented in some way, shape, or form. Um, you know, through the through the core of this, um, it's a you know it's a it's a big deal situation for just about everybody, uh, and hopefully, uh, you know, again, while there'll be a couple of characters that are really fairly central, um, there's a lot of players that get you know genuine and valuable real estate. Uh, and beats and moments, uh, you know, to come to the fore uh, all the way through this, and not just heroes. There's a there are a bunch of, uh, of villains. Uh, you know, we're being a little cagey as to exactly who everybody is that's in this. So I don't want to I don't want to give a list. Uh, I don't want to I don't want to uh, uh, you know reveal too much too early. Um, but there are uh, you know a number of other characters that we haven't even really talked about and haven't really shown that that uh, you know play a substantial role in in uh, how the story plays out.
3: All right. Well, my my next question was going to be about villains. So you answered that nicely.
6: Um. <laughs> yes, there will be there will be villains, and and there will be many of them. Great. Uh, Great. You know, it's uh, uh you know, there's certainly a a, a good opportunity for uh, uh, nefariousness in a world in which Hydra is becoming more ascendant, uh, and we will we will see uh, a number of big villainous characters, you know, being a part of it or taking advantage of it or being. Uh, you know, in the orbit of the events that swirl around uh, in uh, in secret empire
3: let's talk uh, let 's talk artists, creative teams, Tom, how did you select the artists for this event and then Nick, I want to hear kind of what it's been like working with some of these guys so
6: far well, some of that you know it wasn 't that I selected them per se. there was a lot of uh, you know back and forth you know with with uh, with Nick uh, sure. and and you know figuring out who you know, who might be available and who would be good specifically for, you know, a number of, of the individual set pieces and beats that we knew we were going to have. You know, because we're, we're going to be releasing this, you know, as has kind of become our, our modus operandi, or at least our attempted modus operandi, (laughs) uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, very, you know, with, with, uh, with an accelerated uh, shipping schedule, uh, you know, it was it was pretty apparent from the beginning that that we were not going to be able to get one artist to do the entire thing, uh, and so we sat down to try and and, and make our choices uh, deliberately uh, and specifically. So, uh, you know, uh, to to open the, the series, uh, you know, and and to to do big stuff towards the close, uh, Steve McNiven. Uh, who's uh, you know one of the the you know fundamental and quintessential uh, marvel universe artists uh, you know uh, that have that have ever been you know he's done pretty much everything uh, you know obviously these days I think people tend to think of him most in relation to civil war simply because that is a you know a, a name of a series that's been very much in the zeitgeist over the last two years uh, you know given the film and uh, given Civil War II and so forth, but you know Steve has done everything, you know, ranging from uh, you know Spider-Man to Uncanny Avengers to Guardians and so forth, and you know he's a he's a preeminent A-list uh, uh, you know Marvel superhero artist. You know also in that same uh, you know range and scale, uh, Lenil Yu, uh, another guy who's you know he's he's been to the big event rodeo a, a number of times. He's drawn everybody and can. Uh, you know he's he 's uh, super exciting on the page, uh, and he 's a, a terrific player uh, and then uh, Andrea Sorrentino uh, in, in particular, uh, you know given some of the specific story beats and story material that we 're dealing with right. uh, and how that that plays out uh, you know with somebody that Nick suggested uh, you know in one of our early conversations uh, as being a really great fit uh, you know for those sequences in particular uh and you know he's phenomenal and will bring sort of a slightly different uh aesthetic to uh uh you know portions of this uh you know so it's it's a very you know unique and distinctive uh thing like his his work on uh, old man logan and i mean even the green arrow stuff he did before that uh you know is is phenomenally good uh and his secret empire stuff uh, you know really you know blows the doors off of that hmm. um additionally uh, we're going to have sequences that are threaded all through uh, the series uh, that are being done by Rod Reese, who uh, it was the artist who did Civil War to the Oath with uh, with Nick. Uh, so there'll be some sequences, and we don't really want to talk about what those sequences are necessarily yet. Uh, but uh, you know, he'll be providing that, and that'll give us uh, you know a sort of tangible link. Even as we shift, you know, on an issue by issue basis between Steve or Andrea or Linneal, um as we go, uh, I should also mention Daniel Acuna, who's doing the Zero issue, and you know, who's been a fairly key component part of the the Captain America creative team, you know, going all the way back to Nick's first uh, Sam Wilson issue. Uh, so he's he's going to be kind of the the kickoff guy, and uh, I think he found uh, that uh you know, doing the zero issue I, I think that, that sometimes people feel like that's uh you know that's 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 kind of an afterthought moment. Uh you know that, that's it's it's not like it's it's not important, but it's not like you're doing, you know, the the first issue. It's not like you're kicking things off in a big way. You're sort of setting the, the stage and setting the table and I think that uh you know once Daniel got the script for the zero issue uh you know he realized that he had much more of a meal That he had anticipated having because, uh, you know, we really do not wait until the issue one to, to just blow things into a crazy direction. Uh, it all, it all happens in a really major way right from the jump going into the, into the zero. Um, you know, that it's not like the zeros we've done in years past have not been consequential, Mm -hmm. but, uh, this one in particular, uh, you know, is, is at a, is at a completely different, you know, sort of scale level than, than any, yeah. any zero we've done in the past.
5: Yeah, I mean, there is, uh, you know, a lot of internal debate even about the shape of uh, the event and, and whether or not what's in the zero is the first issue or not. Uh, so, you know, it, it is it is a little different from, from, previous, uh, from previous zero issues. This is really the kick off to of the whole thing and, and you know the, the zero and the free comic book day are as essential I think uh, to the story as I've ever seen them be that they're the, the really key parts that people are not going to want to skip
6: yeah the free comic book day I'm glad you mentioned that too the free comic book day first off it doesn't it's, it's new material it's not pages from issue one or issue zero or anything it is it is a completely additional piece of this uh And it's a substantial piece like it's it's a real meal too and and uh, and, it's uh you free. Know, and and it's free and Sorrentino really he really went to town on it. It really looks amazing um and and uh you know it's got you know it's it got at least one moment in it that hopefully will uh you know will will stop some people's hearts <laughs> uh, and we'll get them excited for you know all of the things that are coming in the rest of of uh, of the series. Um, you know, uh, so it's, it's, uh, you know, it's not, it's not a teaser. <laughs> it's not a, a, here's a thing that's going to be in some other comics that are, that are coming or anything. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, for all that, it's only, uh, you know, half of that Free Comic Book Day issue. It's only like 10 pages. It's a, it's a full meal. You get a, you get a, a, a full banquet, uh, in your Free Comic Book Day, uh, Secret Empire story. And it's free. And you get a, a very nice, uh, uh, a, a very entertaining, uh, you know, Chip Zdarsky, uh spectacular Spider-Man story, uh, like a little uh, after-dinner mint afterwards, as well. So, so uh, you know, it's a, it's, it is absolutely your best buy in comics, given that it is absolutely free. <laughs> all right, guys, to kind of finish off, I wanted
3: to ask a little bit broader question about Steve Rogers himself. He's obviously at the center of all this. Uh, what's been going on with him has drawn massive attention. And really, I think back to what uh, Nick said earlier about, you know, he's he's one of the strongest heroes, he can be one of the strongest villains. What is it about Steve Rogers at his heart that has driven you to tell this story with him, not just Secret Empire, but everything in the Captain America Steve Rogers series, showing the alternate history, everything else? What is what is it about Steve Rogers that makes him a special kind of character who can kind of serve as the fulcrum for such a big event such as this? Well,
5: uh, you know, I, I think that that was really always the goal of the story, is, is you're really trying to tell a story about Steve Rogers' kind of indomitable will and his innate goodness uh, and just sort of, you know, his his natural-born heroism. Uh, you know, it, it, you're always trying to tell that story, uh you know, by kind of holding up this cracked mirror to it, that you're, uh, you know, that by showing you uh, what Steve would be like, uh, you know, down a different path, uh, you know, you realize so much about about who the this Steve that we all know and love is. Uh, so it's it, you know, really from from the start. Uh, that's always been a key part of what we're trying to do here. Uh, you know, is that, that he is—he is somebody who never gives up. You know, he is somebody who, uh, you know, is is skilled at bringing people together and uniting them behind a vision. Uh, you know, that, that that he is somebody who you know wakes up uh, every day trying to figure out how to make the world a better place. Uh, you know, and and in in some strange ways, you know, that is. Build the character, uh, you know, and that's been a big part of the fun for us. Is, is, is kind of, you know, seeing uh, when you just add sort of level of malicious intent, or you know, just a, a, a you know, a different ideology and, uh, on top of that. But, uh, but really, the story has of always has always been about, uh, you know, highlighting who Steve Rogers and who Captain America really is. All right, Tommy, is anything to add to that?
3: No, I think uh, I I think Nick summed it up pretty well there. I agree. I agree. Great job, guys! Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. Uh, Secret Empire begins in May. Do You know the exact order of things. Is it zero issue, Free Comic Book Day number one?
6: Zero issue is in April. In April. Actually, zero issue is in April, towards the end of April. I, I I think it's third week in April, but I'm remembering it off the top of my head. Then first week of May is issue one that Wednesday and the Sunday or the Saturday thereafter is the free comic book day. Right. So when you go in to get your free comic book day on Saturday, you can also pick up issue one Perfect. at the same time and make your retailer happy that you spent money and didn't just come to his <laughs> store and get your free comic and then leave. <laughs> uh, and he would be sad. Um, so we, we don't want, want happy retailers. No, no, we want happy retailers. Yeah. Uh, they are doing a wonderful service for you, giving you these free comics. So. Well cool,
3: thanks so much guys, and maybe we'll uh we'll talk again as Secret Empire goes on. Thank you.
6: For sure. Thanks a lot. Thanks, guys.
5: It's the West Coast, show me and the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, show me and the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, show me and the Wolfman. It's the
4: West Coast, baby. Yeah. Hello oh, this week in Marvelites, this is Marvel.com editor Mark Strom, joined by
7: Assistant Editor Christine Den. Und we
4: Stromstein and we have for an opening act uh today the uh Tim Hernandez trio of uh, Tim Tim in, und
7: Tim <laughs> I see <say> hi Tim <laughs>
1: Hello How the opening act
7: that's how it is every week, but it devolves. It and devolves it, from there. Okay, good. he well, goes to other countries, but never the one he intends to. See, because
4: get like <laughs> Stromstein. My name is Strom. Her name is Christine. <laughs> like Romstein, the the German metal band. Get it? Got it. Got and it. <laughs>
1: Tim, Absolutely. Oh, genius!
4: Int- introduce yourself. <laughs> Tell folks who you are, Tim.
1: Hi, everybody. I'm uh, Tim Hernandez, director of game production for Marvel Games.
4: And. We have Tim here because with the new format for the podcast, we're bringing him on to uh, him or some of his compatriots every week to talk about what's going on in Marvel games. Let's start off with Marvel games. What we got? We got a variant cover right here.
1: We do have a variant cover. We have Avengers Academy um, produced a cover for Mighty Captain Marvel number two. So David Nakayama, who's done a lot of great covers for Marvel and was... uh, the creative lead for Avengers Academy um, decided to put together a cover for a great new series featuring Captain Marvel has a ton of the characters from the game featured. Uh, It's out now on stand. So we're really excited to to put that together. We've been doing some variant covers uh, on various series the last couple of months and uh, fans love them and we're going to keep doing them. So we'd love to hear from your amazing audience. What other game covers they'd like to see.
4: And we've also got a new addition to Marvel Puzzle Quest. Yes, Marvel Puzzle (laughs)
1: Quest. The long-demanded agent Phil Coulson finally debuts in Marvel Puzzle Quest this Uh, week.
4: Why did you guys, like, demote him? (laughs) (laughs)
1: For yeah. <laughs> <laughs> director colson well i guess he's, he's, no not, he's not he's the not director. the director not. anymore no director we are all right so we're I accurate,
4: accurate. <laughs> i guess i guess tv demoted him first
1: yeah we actually it was a discussion it was a note i was like should we make him director should we keep him agent but i think um we we like to be topical we like to match what our our partners in the tv side are doing so uh yeah he's a, he's agent colson for us in the game
4: so, uh, what else? is there? Anything else we've got for for games? What else we got going on in games right now? Any events? Anything
1: like yeah, that? Yeah, we're we're in an event around uh, the home entertainment release for Doctor Strange. So that mm-hmm. uh, came out on digital HD, which you maybe. Or talking yes. about later on.
4: Available on digital HD, available on Blu-ray and uh, DVD, and 3D Blu-ray on February 28th. Um,
1: exactly. It's Tuesday. Exactly. So what what we've been doing on the games team is trying to to match our, our in-game content to the big events going on in Marvel Entertainment. So last week we introduced Dormammu in Marvel Future Fight right. and Marvel Dormammu? Contest of Champions. Dormammu. <laughs> Dormammu. Sorry. No,
4: he's that. making a joke. Yeah. <laughs> or, Mom, who get it? Because it's like a <laughs> pun. Yes, yes.
1: So he is now in uh, Marvel Future Fight, Marvel Contest of Champions, and uh, we did a lot of other little limited-time events and, and sales and promotions, um, sort of reintroducing some of our Doctor Strange content that mm-hmm. we did in uh, November when the when the movie came out uh, across the Puzzle Quest, Avengers Academy, and, uh, and Contest and Future yeah,
7: Fight. That was a so big event. Well,
4: I'd say that's anything but strange.
1: You deal with this every week?
7: Yeah, every
4: day.
1: Every day. <laughs> every oh, day. yeah. You guys sit right next to each other. Well, if you ever need to vent, Christine, yeah. you know where to find us. <laughs> on the games team. Uh, <laughs> uh, all
4: right. That, cover, that covers us for games. Uh, but we've got a bunch of stuff going on in uh, film and TV, of course. Let's start with TV. We had uh, – did you see this week's episode, Tim, of Marvel's day How could two? you not see it? It, it, it was,
1: blew up my Twitter feed for it, one thing. It
4: was, it was a very, very big episode. Of course, it was very
7: uh, emotional.
4: Written and directed by executive producer and showrunner Jed Whedon. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, is the finale to the LMD pod. Uh, lots of huge moments, and of course, teeing up the upcoming third story arc for season four: uh, Agents of Hydra. If you don't know what that means, I won't spoil it for you. Um, you just kind of did, yeah.
5: right? Well, it, it, with Agents
4: of Hydra doesn't mean anything. Who knows? How how did they become Agents of Hydra? Uh, it is a very big episode, <laughs> though, so I will elliptically talk about things right now in case you haven't seen it. Um, we announced that a uh, an old familiar face will be returning to the show.
7: We've got a glimpse of him.
4: Come April 4th. Him or her. Could be a could is is a him.
7: Um
4: won't say who, just in case you haven't uh you haven't read it or seen it yet. We'll talk more about. It. Show comes back, of course, April 4th. Uh the last This Week in Marvel's Agent Shield podcast was with uh Jed. I spoke with him about his directorial debut and everything that happened in this very, very big episode. And uh I think that's it right for right now for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, like I say, we're back April 4th, so tune in for that. Over in the world of Marvel's Iron Fist, we released a new motion poster and featurette mm-hmm. focusing on Danny Rand, the Iron Fist himself. And, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of what else. What else did we do? We
7: announced Jamie Chung casted as Blink in a, the upcoming Untitled Fox Marvel project. Mm-hmm. We also announced that a Game of Thrones cast member has been cast as Maximus in Inhumans. Yes, Iwan Rayon, Right? I was wondering, I was wondering <laughs> if you were going to
4: take a stab at that.
1: I was going to call him Ramsey.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yes, he plays he plays Ramsey Bolton on, uh, on on Game of Thrones. Uh, that's very exciting news. I think that's uh, some great casting for Maximus.
7: And also Tim, Tim is, is nodding
4: his head. Perfect casting. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and uh, what else, Christine?
7: Oh, just that we had an episode of Legion on FX. Chapter 4 will be next week.
4: Yep, uh, Wednesday, 10 p.m. Tune in for that.
7: That is it for our TV news. All
4: right, that's it for TV. What do we got for film? Christine, you know more about film.
7: All we have is that Doctor Strange will be on Blu-ray, 3D Blu-ray, DVD combo packs, steelbook, everything this coming Tuesday.
4: Buy them all.
7: Yes, you can just watch Multiple the Thor, copies. the Team Thor bit over and over.
4: That's true. We have Team Thor Part Two on that. Uh, all right. Well, I think that covers everything for the new segment. Thank you for joining us, Tim. You. You're welcome. Maybe, maybe Thank you'll you be back next week. Me. Maybe we'll we'll be able to twist Isabel's arm into. Uh,
1: I'll start. I'll get started on that. right? yeah yeah
4: we're, we're never getting Isabel. No uh, Isabel is another one of our coworkers on the games team. Uh, the chances of getting her on this podcast are very slow.
1: She's very much in demand
4: though so <laughs> uh all right, well, thank you all for listening. uh wait, are we going straight from here to Twim URC? Yes, all right, so we'll be back keep keep it tuned to this dial, kids because back in the day. Like, you didn't listen to podcasts on the internet, so you had a radio dial, and you had to, like, tune in to a specific frequency, and uh, that's how that's how you got your news, All right? Lots of kids don't know that these days. I'm, this 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 let never be said, that uh, I do not provide an educational service to the youths.
7: Strom is an old, old man. <laughs>
4: uh, <laughs> yes, yes, ma'am. <laughs> Uh, I am I am an I am a uh, crotchety eighty-year-old man trapped in a millennial's body and hating it.
1: You'd admit to being a millennial. Nope,
4: nope, nope. I admit <laughs> to being a crotchety 80-year-old man. Alright, I admit it's my documented. body is a millennial, but my <laughs> spirit is not. Very, very big distinction there. Alright, stay <laughs> stay tuned. We'll be back with uh, Twim URC. TWIM
5: URC! TWIM URC!
4: Miss us? I missed us. <laughs> Christine missed the fact that she di- didn't have to talk to me or something. <laughs> I,
7: no, we got uh, evidence that he admitted that you're a millennial.
4: No, I admit I am a uh, millennial. Um,
7: I'm just gonna cut it. Oh
4: man, I should. <laughs> this is what
7: happens when I'm the keeper.
4: Oh while man, the no, no, you're not allowed to edit this podcast. <laughs> we'll make Blake do it again. <laughs> Um anyway. Alright, we're back. We had Twim URC this week. Um this week, of course, we did the first arc of X-Men Legacy, Prodigal. Uh this is the X-Men Legacy series, of course, starring Legion, David Haller, that came out of Marvel Now back in twenty twelve. Um let's just run through the credits real quick. Of course, written by Cy Spurrier, penciled by Tanning Huat and Jorge Molina, inked by Craig Yung, Jorge Molina, uh, Norman Lee and Walden Wong, colors by Jose Velorubia and Rochelle Rosenberg, letters by Corey Pettit, and of course, gorgeous covers by Mike Del Mundo.
7: Um, Christine. Yes.
4: You walked into this cold. What did you think? I, I I kind of at least had context for yeah. it and had dabbled with it before.
7: It was insane. I I guess like just because in the the TV series, um, you don't really see as much of the inner workings of David's brain. Mm-hmm. So seeing that he locks them up all as prisoners, his personalities is pretty cool, and how his his fingers are sharp. Sharp weapons to oh, absorb power. Oh, wait, the, oh.
4: those those teleconnect like yeah. blades or whatever the hell yeah. they were.
7: I was like, I want that to absorb all my different mutant abilities. Oh, oh
4: you mean you mean inside his mind? In his mind, they they were the needles. Yeah. that like he just like
7: yeah, but he claws
4: into cl- the person punctures each
7: of these personalities who are very bitter <laughs> that they're imprisoned and they've discovered his weakness.
4: So, of course. Uh, David's powers work a little bit differently in the comics than from Correct. the uh, than from the um, TV show. Um, we have not seen really the whole like multiple personality multiple mm-hmm. power set thing uh, in the TV show. Um,
7: I also just love that he has very orbageta like hair. I was just like, how does Wait, it just stand? It's more
4: like Vegeta has yeah. David Holler-like hair, because that that hair is, uh, that's originally him. Bill Sinkevich when he designed the character back uh, for his first appearance in New Mutants number 25, I want to say, uh, he gave him that hairstyle.
7: And I was like, why, why can't you brush it? He even exp- says he cannot do anything to his hair. I want to know... Is there products? What's happening? His
4: hair is actually his mutant power. Like that—that's actually the manifestation of his mutant power. Like the whole everything else that—that that was like he got bitten by a radioactive um, person. No, I'm making this I know. up. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, he does. Yeah. God, I love. I love his uh, distinctive hair. I yeah. hope at some point. Uh, <laughs> In Legion, they find the t- the TV series. They find some way to give Dan Stevens that uh, that yeah. amazing uh, hair look, um, cause it's, or at least at least a nod. I'm hoping for at least a nod of some <laughs> kind. I'm sure. Th- I'm sure they'll get there eventually.
7: I yeah. I don't even know what to do with the hair. <laughs> I just look at it. Yeah. Just... And of course, yeah. <laughs> you
4: mentioned the whole idea of like because. In the comics, you know, David Haller, his whole power set is he has uh, multiple personalities, and each one of those personalities has their own power set.
7: But I also love that each personality is insane. Well, they're not
4: all insane. But well,
7: like, for so, the most part... Some of the... Uh, well, the one... The
4: troublemakers that you meet in this first right. arc are all a little off... Um, and the, the whole idea of like the, the prison in his mind, and that's how he controls the personalities and is able to take them out and utilize their powers and all that, uh, that's from uh, Cy Spurrier. He's the one who introduced that in the series. Um, and, of course, this comes after the death of Professor Xavier in Avengers vs. X-Men when he was killed by Cyclops. So this is really the story and uh, David even says at one point the whole thing like his father had the dream, he has the reality. So it's all about him just sort of trying and navigate a world in which uh, his father has died. Which I find interesting because he is very like, you know, it's, it's you know, your parent dies and then where, you, where what's next in your life?
7: Especially for a father who was more invested in his X Men hmm. than being present. I love where he's like in the CAT scan. And he's like, just you know, just you know, just knock him out. While yeah, give, I, him, give
4: him some sedatives. Yeah, I gotta go I, do this lecture. <laughs> yeah. Alright, look, let let's let's face it off in the room. Charles Xavier, not the best father.
7: I know, that's why I've always been team magneto. <laughs>
4: not not the best father in the world. Um <laughs> he uh he um he also has, like, a lot of random kids running around. Like, he had a, he had a kid with mystique at one yeah. point. Do you remember that? Yeah, that was uh, that was in Bendis' run. Uh, he has David. Um,
7: he's, like, a Greek god. We're, like, he's Zeus. I was like, where, 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 Zeus. where are all these children? <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> like, at this point, if you're a mutant, you just kind of assume, like, a mutant of a certain age, you have to wonder to yourself, you're like, is, is my dad, Professor, did my mom, did my mom and Xavier have a little thing going on? Um He, uh, yeah, he just, he just, like, winds up abandoning them all. Like, I, yeah, Professor X can kind of, it's like Cape Wright said, Professor Xavier is a jerk. Yes. Well, I mean, he can be. Um... <laughs>
7: I know. For before I realized uh, who the floating set of eyeballs were, I was like, "Yeah, I'm not all about this." Oh yeah, X-Mandation. yeah. We
4: should talk about that. The fact that the antagonist in this arc <laughs> is a pair of disembodied, floating <laughs> eyeballs that has a uh, somewhat uh, racist and xenophobic personality right. and and psychic abilities.
7: Before you knew all that, you're like, "Yeah, I, I'm, I'm on board with this line of thinking." Why would I ever join the X Men? And then you're like, "Oh, yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't follow, follow set of eyes."
4: Yeah, the the crazy eye. It it brings new definition to crazy eyes. <laughs> it's, well, it's literally a pair of crazy yeah, eyes. Where
7: they were in the barn, and then when David figures it out, he's staring on the ground. And then he sees the twins' own eyeballs on the ground, right? Was that the twins' eyeballs on the ground that he? Was? No,
4: no, those were those were the. Oh wait, is that is that what those Because that's were? how
7: he. Re, that's how I mean. I realized that. Oh, this twin is not the twin.
4: Let me let me look let me look this up. I'm I'm looking this but up. But I do
7: love that mean power. Of you can just origami your way out of everything. Oh man, that's so gross. You're <laughs> right. That's the kids' eyeballs. Yeah, that's the kids. That's how you realize. He's no longer the the brother. Oh, this book
4: is weird, (laughs) man. This villain literally took over this kid by taking his eyeballs out and replacing them. It's like,
7: Psy is very troubled.
4: Oh, (laughs) man, that's messed up. Can we do that in Marvel Comics? Just, like, rip children's eyes out of their <laughs> sock? That, oh, my. Wow. Okay. All right. So. Uh, so. <laughs> he
7: was on to kill his sister as a young kid.
4: No, he he was trying to kill his sister once he was uh, taken over by Luca.
7: Oh, no. I was talking about Luca and killing.
4: Oh, yes. Yes. Luca, Luca did yeah. want to kill Blindfold. But
7: then it's interesting that she had no. Sockets for her eyes. Nope, none. And that's why... Born
4: without sockets.
7: So is that why he became eyeballs? Because his sister didn't have eyeballs? I don't know.
4: Let me... uh, I mean... There there was, like, something where, like... When Luca... Visits him. Was killed. Yeah, he, like... I don't know. It's weird. Luca's... Luca's a little messed up. Um, A little.
7: Like, every time he's been born again, he's... (laughs) Even more messed up than the last.
4: I also just enjoyed this one random panel, uh, where, uh, Wolverine gets the call from Luca, and, uh, you see, you see Chamber in the background with a, uh, with a, uh, <laughs> snowball. Yes. And <laughs> Wolverine's just like, throw it and die, Starsmore. <laughs> uh, Starsmore being Chamberjoth and Starsmore from, uh, the Generation X series. Um... Who Christine was not familiar with, and I feel like Christine's life is poor for not being aware of. Uh, I thought chamber. it
7: was a scarf of fire energy.
4: Oh man, I should have you read. I should. I should have you read generation the first arc of Generation X next. You need some. Uh, you need some education. Um. <laughs> yeah uh, Anyway What else is there Talking about There's uh, Blindfold There's Chamber And of course As the series developed uh, Blindfold and Chamber Continued to be Sort of a Recurring uh, Sad characters but I do
7: love At the end Where She tells him Like she woke up Because he called But that he will One day regret this moment It was a really well, Good ending To the first it's, arc
4: It's that dichotomy That uh, Of Of
7: These girls will always Be your downfall
4: uh, yeah, yes. Women, women will always be your downfall. No, uh, it's 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 the fact that Legion. He's not in the comics. He's not necessarily like he's a he's frequently an antagonist to the X Men. But it's not like he's an antagonist because he's evil or wants yeah. to take over the world or something. He just has no idea how to control his powers. Yeah, and, and I
7: do love like that scene where he's, like, all oh, he things he wants to tell Wolverine but doesn't, about why he doesn't want to stay when Wolverine's like, this is your... Like, for this one time, we won't go after you.
4: Oh, right, right, right. And he has this
7: whole monologue in his head. He's like, well, of course. Like, why, why, like I wouldn't stay here. But then he just makes a joke, a quip, and then walks away.
4: Right. Um...
7: Uh... I know. I'm just drawn to very... Emotionally wounded characters.
4: (laughs) And that's how. uh, Twim URC started becoming the Christine Dinn therapy show. Um, uh, No he does. He's like I want to tell him. I will go into the shadows. I will pull strings. I will make this world better for my people. Whether it wants to be or not. Uh, Yeah which is very. I mean he's. And again, the only reason he can be a protagonist in this story or something like a hero is because he's gotten those powers under control. But when he's running around and those powers are out of control, you know, it's uh, he winds up just sort of lashing out. And that's something that I find interesting, too, because uh, and this is something that the, uh, the TV series taps on is like. Yeah, if I all of a sudden became an Omega-level mutant, I would probably accidentally, <laughs> like, demolish a few say blocks or something. <laughs> like, I'd have no idea how i handle that. Like, one moment I'm myself, and the next moment all of a sudden I've got, like, you know, I'm psychically hearing all these voices, or mm-hmm. I've got, you know, personalities in my head, all of whom have random powers, and they're just taking over. And one moment I'm like a nice grandmother type and the next <laughs> moment i'm like this weird serial killing tentacle monster that's like a tag i don't know <laughs> but that, that makes david all the more like human and relatable to me the fact that he can't control his powers because so often when you see new mutants appear they're like you know, it's like the key pride thing where they have, like, a moment where they freak out. But then they get right. you all under control. Or, uh, you know, like, oh, I've got ice powers. I can freeze things. Mm-hmm. You freak out for a moment. And then like, okay. It's like if I, if I all of a sudden became Iceman, like, I would probably accidentally, like, freeze a whole city <laughs> block. And then we're like, oh, my bad. didn't yeah. Did not mean to do that.
7: Or... In my mind, I meant to, but didn't really mean to physically do it.
4: <laughs> yeah, it's, so it's... it's I don't know. I really like yeah. David for that reason. In um, this series, I just like the series. I think yeah. uh really took David in some interesting directions mm-hmm. and really fleshed him out in a way that uh, he hadn't been uh, before. But bear in mind, like, David doesn't have that many appearances. Like, he... What he appeared back in New Mutants a little bit, and uh, I think he is in the the Zeb Wells New Mutants run. And of course, mm-hmm. that was that whole thing where he went back in time and killed his dad and started the Age of Apocalypse. Whoops! <laughs> um, again, that that's like something. It's not his that, fault. That, that's something that I might accidentally do if I <laughs> often develop these powers. I'm like, Ooh, my bad, sorry. I uh, actually went back in time and created a dystopian future. Um,
7: and I've been watching a lot of Rick and Morty, and I just feel like, yeah. I mean, we have infinite timelines, so what's one timeline where I just what, caused the problem?
4: What's one timeline <laughs> where I accidentally caused something yeah. that led to apocalypse enslaving <laughs> the world?
7: But I do love that um, Luca It was all like, oh, I've already imagined 20 different timelines, and majority of them you will always lose, but... In the one we, we read, Luca was wrong, and he just couldn't understand why. He's like, why am I getting everything wrong? Why yeah. are these people not ripping you to shreds?
4: And Daredevil, was, uh, Daredevil David, <laughs> David was just like, because I'm insane. <laughs> it's
7: like, you can't control this. You can't predict what my actions are.
4: Oh, yeah. I need, I need to finish reading off this run. It's. Uh...
7: Oh, yeah, and also, it's just like, these eyeballs just keep floating out looking out of this poor kid. And I also feel bad for the twins because you were born into the Yakuza and pretty much your whole life, your power, your twin powers have been pretty much used for, for this insane cult-like status of your dad.
4: (laughs) Oh yeah, the, um, well that's actually the, uh, what what, um, Ogun. Ogan, who was the yeah. uh, villain in the Wolverine and K-Pride series, which...
7: They read... Coincidentally. Swim URC, was it two, two? Not four, three. Three Swim URCs again. Yeah, well,
4: Ryan and Ben yeah. read it recently. Um, so if you guys followed along with that, you guys know who Ogan is. Um, I just love the dialogue that Cy Spurrier gives them. <laughs> uh, oh, wait, wait, where's some, like... Uh Tremble Gajin at Ka- Karu- Karusa Tengu, also Sojobu Tengu, heirs to Radiant Master's King Butt Placement Seat. <laughs> what? <laughs> um Uh Uh where's it? where's another choice one? Uh <laughs> Shinobi Oya- Oyabun, leader of gun and sleazy time Yakuza criminal <laughs> enterprise. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just love the word (laughs) sleazy time Um, I'm going to start introducing that into my uh, everyday speech Just like sleazy time Uh, And then
7: we'll get a call from HR (laughs) (laughs) Hey,
4: I'm already, uh, Alex Alex Lopez has renamed me Overlord Strom So I'm going to start insisting that
7: Yeah, he already regrets giving you that nickname (laughs)
4: Oh, there, there are there are lots of things that Alex probably regrets. Um.
7: <laughs> that's what they get for eating pizza without us on the East Coast.
4: Yeah, those. Yeah, they eat pizza like now, every two weeks. Every two weeks, this is the thing they're going to do. They're going to eat pizza without us. We ask you, listeners, is that fair? And if you don't think it is, uh, you should send us pizza. <laughs> We, yeah. We, yeah, yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's, uh, we won't be, I don't know. Send
7: us bottles of New York water.
4: New York, why New York water? <laughs> so then that's
7: the key to their pizza.
4: That's the key to, what?
7: The New York water is what makes the pizza in New York special.
4: Is that a real thing? Yeah,
7: that's why, like, when people here in L.A. try to do New York style pizza, it's because they import the water from New York.
4: From like what, like New, like what, like New York they City just take tap like, water?
7: I, I, yeah, I think it's the tap water. This is a thing. Yeah, and I don't, there I I diff- don't think
4: this is a thing. It
7: is. If you go to like places like. Joe's Pizza or whatever here. Where,
4: where where do you make... where At what point is water involved in making what pizza? You, in the dough. Oh, I guess it is in the dough. Yeah. <laughs> I was
7: like, how are you making your pizza? I don't, I don't
4: make pizza. <laughs> I just order pizza and it comes to me made. Yeah, like. so
7: it's like the dough. That's why the bagels are more amazing. It's like all this... The water that you put into the dough.
4: I'm going to research this. I don't buy it. Well...
7: Um, well Tell it to the artisanal places in L.A. That's why we have artisanal ones, not solid places. <laughs> oh,
4: boy. What we got for comments? Did anybody follow along with us? We
7: have comments from three readers.
4: Yay, stars off.
7: Let's, we have Raf AB, all the way from France, saying, The Blindfold Legion relationship is very interesting and strange. Was it established before X Men Legacy?
4: I don't believe it was. No, I think it's even. uh, I think they even. It's established that they first meet in this. uh, In this thing, I think some somewhere around issue four. But (laughs) But no, their
7: destinies are going to be drawn together.
4: Yes, uh, the blindfold is a very big part of uh, the rest of the series after this first volume.
7: Awesome, and then we have comments from Penelope Cat nudes from URC selection is X-Men Legacy the version behind the FX show Legion we um, we like how oh, we like the show and I like this comment enough to reread it and Penelope Cryot wrote issue one my wife thought the TV show Legion was weird and confusing rereading this reminds me the show barely scratches the surface <laughs>
4: Yes, the uh, particularly the first issue of this uh, of this series. I remember the first time I read issue one, and it's like, what the hell is it going? So there's a prison, and there's a weird yellow monster killing
7: people, <laughs>
4: and David is. Accidentally- I do like that
7: excuse that if I ever black out and like murder a whole village, I can be like, oh, um, another personality took over, and I can't be held accountable for the actions of this personality. <laughs>
4: Is that a thing that you legitimately have to be worried about no, happening just, in your no, life? No,
7: but because I've been reading, not reading, I've been listening to a lot of my favorite murders. So then I think about oh, you these and different. the murders
4: again. <laughs> my yeah, you. Yeah. I have to. Wait. If I ever go missing, folks, okay, you're listening, all right. You know who to look to first.
7: Yeah, you you lose things all the time, so I wouldn't not I, believe that you I lost just, yourself.
4: Like you just, you just, I just lost myself. I'm just yeah. out. I'm just out wandering the streets of Los <laughs> Angeles, just like where am I?
7: You're like I lost my phone. I'm like computer, my car. I. I have not lost I I
4: just I lose my credit cards On a regular basis Um
7: You know uh, So I definitely believe It's possible that you lost yourself
4: No no Alright well maybe that Alright maybe I'd be like The second candidate To look for If I ever went missing But like You'd you'd be You'd be the first still Uh what else we got for comments And
7: then we have Don DJ Fink At DJ Fianco.
4: Let me read these I got this I got these Start
7: from bottom up.
4: Stop! Stop! Stop hogging. <laughs> At DJ Vanco. Way back to his first appearances, I've always been envious of David Holler's hair. What's what's stopping you, Don? Style it. Send us photos. <laughs> Send us photos of you with uh, that uh, perfectly coiffed, uh Legion hair.
7: I'm gonna try it. I'm just gonna like just hairspray it and like shellac it and see how long it can stay up. I feel like I need to, like, yeah.
4: I feel like you need, like, wires or, like, <laughs> yeah. cardboard or something. You need to, to put like, something in the it. center
7: to hold it all up.
4: Um, way back to his first appearances, I've always been. Oh, wait, sorry. You Dennis, already read that. You <laughs> already read that. Uh, effort, self sacrifice, and discipline equals success. But, like David Haller, coming from power doesn't always guarantee success. So no, true. But he's, he's trying. He's trying, man. Uh, and I can relate to that. Uh, Mirza's pep talk was real. Thank God life is not always where the biggest pecs wins. <laughs> Mirza, that, that pep talk is, of course, the David's sort of teacher in the first, or, yeah, teacher, I guess, in the...
7: Uh, where did that pep talk get him?
4: First issue. Under, what, Mirza? Yeah. Under, well, dead. Yeah he, yeah, he wound up dead. Whoops. Um... And uh, finally, Don says, "I loved the Mike Del Mundo covers for X Men Legacy. They are gorgeous. They are amazing. He does all twenty-four issues of this series. Each one of them is a masterpiece. Um, they are they are really gorgeous covers. Uh, I'm trying to pick my favorite of the first six. Um, uh, I really like the one where issue five, where Legion." is sort of uh, like the, the cop or whatever, and his... It's like
7: the prison guard.
4: Yeah, prison guard, and instead of his signature hair, it's like a jail cell with all his <laughs> personalities squeezing off it. Um, there's a walrus in a Captain America-style face mask? I mean, what more do you want? I want pet walrus with a Captain <laughs> America mask on. Uh, Christine... My birthday is May 15th. Remember that.
7: So I'm going to go to Kinko's and print out this poster, and then you can say that you had a, a walrus?
4: No, you're going to buy me an actual walrus for my birthday.
7: Mm, I don't think we're allowed to buy that. <laughs> no, you don't.
4: <laughs> I, oh, what? Oh, it's illegal? <laughs> like, that's your excuse?
7: <laughs> I'll ask JP to put it on your company card. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
4: um, <laughs> Oh, I want a walrus. Um, <laughs> I, hope so, I hope that's just the poll quote from this podcast, is me petulantly saying, I want a walrus. <laughs> uh, all right, well, that pretty much wraps everything up for for this TWIM URC.
7: And for this TWIM.
4: And for this TWIM. Um, let's see here. Uh, next next TWIM URC in two weeks uh, will be... With uh, Ryan and Ben again on the East Coast. They're doing the first X-23 limited series, which uh, delves into her origin. Um, uh, it's written by Craig, Craig Kyle and Chris Yost. Um, art by... I'm forgetting off the top of my head who did the art on that. I, I
7: don't was, was
4: that Mike Choi or was Mike Choi the second series?
7: Oh, I thought, I thought Mike was the second series.
4: Eh, it might be my choice. It may not be my choice. I don't know. Anyway, go read it. <laughs> uh, tell uh, those Yahoos in New York what uh, what you think of it.
7: And send us pizza.
4: Yeah, and send pizza. Pe- don't actually send us pizza. We don't need any more pizza. Um,
7: <laughs> Speak for yourself.
4: Yeah. Uh, anyway, all right. Thank you all for listening. Uh, well, Thanks. Course, we'll be back next week with more, uh, more, and more Twim. Uh, more
7: guests. More news.
4: Until then. This is Marvel, your universe.